2: Hello everyone. Welcome to episode forty-four of FPL Black Box. Today is doing everything it can to stress Mark and I out, but we will not be beaten, will we, Mark? We're here after some technical issues, (laughs) but yeah, we are here. My little hand cursor is still next to my head, though. Mark, can you get rid of it? Yeah,
1: now I've got rid of that. Now, sorry, that's my that's my bad again. Thank you, thank you.
2: you. Professional Um, outfit. I did say in the description and in the chat that this wasn't going to be the the polished, uh, amazing episode that we did last week. Uh, This one might be a little bit. Uh, more also, uh, disjointed might be might be a way to describe it, but we're, we're here and we're going to do our best.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Last week was our most viewed um, mm. episode ever. And so I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who who, who helped make that such a, a great episode for us. And then also to apologise in advance because the, uh, the type of preparation I did for that episode <laughs> is not going to be mirrored in this episode because um, I was off work last week and therefore that gave me time to research mm. that Ronaldo stuff whereas things have changed this week quite dramatically. Um, So take us as you find us this week. We'll do our best to do the build-up to game week four, which is what we're going to look at. Obviously, last week, we looked at our teams. We looked back at game week three. So this is all about throwing forward, really. We're going to look at our teams. We're going to look at uh, the captain situation. Um, There is a bit more on Ronaldo, though. I I couldn't not go back to Ronaldo. Um, no. So there's um, and some exactly. interesting data we, we referenced last week about how did United adjust to Gavani? Well, I can show you exactly how United adjusted Gavani. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to focus um, on mid-price midfielders because we went out to the community and asked us some questions, didn't we? And we got quite a lot on on those types of players, didn't we?
2: Yeah, I mean it was a bit, it was a fairly big thing sort of before before the season started with who's going to play Jota, Torres, Greenwood all these guys and nothing's really changed. In fact, if anything, there's wild cards being played and people trying to work out who are the best option. So my feelings on Torres have completely gone 180 since last week and I think yours have as well, right?
1: Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? I think I did say um, that when Foden and KDB were going to be a factor, we'd start to get cold feet a bit about the Force 9. I still think, looking at the way the fixtures fall, that Torres will start the next two anyway. Mm. because they've got the European tie in between. And I think if anything, you know, KDB and Foden might get some minutes this week, but I don't think they start. And then obviously they're in line for the European tie. And then Torres will probably come in at, against Southampton. I think the force nine is going to be used in Europe, um, whether it's used in the Premier League, probably for the for the bigger games. So Torres could be starting against the weaker teams, which is what you want if you don't him. So uh, is that a Are we willing to... Back ourselves against Pep again. Look, look what happened to me. I
2: know. I was I was talking I was talking to Janny about this earlier and like he was saying the same thing. He was like, Oh, I think it might be like fairly easy to predict like when Torres oh, is gonna start. It no. might start against the easier sides. And I was like, it's never easy. And I was like, this is the problem, you get locked into these things. Like Torres misses out, and then you think, oh, he's definitely gonna play the next one. Cause he's just he's just missed out against uh, Leicester, so he's definitely gonna play against Southampton. And then Pep does Pep things and then you hate yourself. So Well the
1: Mares should be a lesson to us all, right? I went yeah. I went them both, didn't I? And and Mares playing at Spurs but then getting ousted out of the team for the next two without any rhyme or reason when he played all the preseason and looked their best player. Hmm. Um as I said, I engaged with Pep early on and he beat me, well and truly, <laughs> and I'm not in a hurry to go back there. But you know, we'll see. If Torres bangs again this weekend, I might change my mind. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to see. So yes, this has been a quite a turbulent um, international break, it's fair to say, isn't it? Um, we've had a lot to deal with. And I want to touch on that by just going over some of the issues that have come up over over this break. And these are some of the tweets that would have piqued our interest and that of the community during the last um, 14 days or 12 days as it is so far. That second one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I've got my own views on that. Um I wonder, I wonder what they are, Mark. I wonder if you're going to be a bit biased. I, we're not biased. <laughs> I'm just going to talk a bit of sense, I think, really. But we'll, we'll get to that one in a minute. Um, Calvert-Lewin, first of all, what's your take on this? Because he, he's had a toe injury, is not he? Since the start of the season, we've been led to believe. And he's been injected to get out on the pitch. Hasn't stopped him returning three and three. Okay, two penalties. Yeah, but even so. Um, now he's got a muscle injury as well. And so he withdrew after getting that muscle injury against Brighton. Hmm. Um, what are you thinking about him now? Because that is the popular transfer, isn't it? Ings to Calvert-Lewin ahead of game week four was the one that I looked at and thought a lot of the community are going to go that way. Ings is probably going to make way now for a different kind of player, maybe. Um, but mm. what's your take on the Calvert-Lewin situation? Yeah, I mean, I think Calvert-Lewin
2: kind of forms part of the strongest front three if if everyone's everyone's fit, for me going forward anyway. I think Calvert-Lewin, Antonio... Um, and Ronaldo would be the three that, that I'd look to get. I think Lukaku is obviously going to be the major factor at gaming seven, but I think the other three I'd, I'd put slightly ahead of him, um, until now. But yeah, I mean, if he hadn't gone off, if this was just like a, you know, you know, one of the standard, like international break injuries that we get, I I think there wasn't anything in it, but the fact he did actually go off against Brighton, um, it does indicate there is some kind of problem there. I mean, he was a bit superhuman going into the start of the season when, you know, he hadn't had any minutes preseason and then started the first game. So he
1: That's clearly true. is someone yeah.
2: he is someone who can I don't know, maybe get over things quite quickly. Because I mean I can't think of many other players that would, would be able to get no fitness at all. It's not like he played during the Euros or anything. He hadn't played a game for, for ages. So I don't think it's going to take him long to get up to speed when he does get over them. The question is, has he got over it? And I think he probably has but that's not based on anything other than he started when we didn't think he would and, and I'm hoping he'll be back
1: the thing is I you know him withdrawing from the England squad was quite a big thing because he was kind of no, you know Bamford got the start didn't he mm. right and, and odds on Calvert-Lewin would have got that so it, it must have been a big decision for him which kind of insinuates to me that the injuries perhaps may be a bit more than we think mm. obviously with all these things we've got to wait until Thursday Friday right so the next two days are going to be crucial um, but I do think there could be something in this muscle injury in particular. And it's interesting what you said. It didn't register with me, of course, first of all. We, he didn't have a pre-season. And so we were surprised when he turned up week one, didn't we? Um, yeah, yeah. So that I mean, could it, be it a could, factor.
2: They, and I mean, there could be an element of that. Like they want to keep him behind and, and work on his fitness and stuff. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think this has got all the hallmarks of someone who's going to start the next, the next game. But... It's, right. it's hard to know without without seeing and, and hearing. We'll, we'll probably know from the press conference, I imagine.
1: I reckon there's more in it. I think that he could be. Interesting. You know, yeah, I, I do, I do because I just think they could have used a toe injury for a start as a reason to withdraw him, and they didn't. Um, and I, like I said, he, he's a player who's just broken into the England setup, and he probably would have fancied getting a start. So mm. it, it's not a decision he arrived at lightly. So I think it's a bit more than a precaution, but we'll have to see. Uh, the next one. Yeah, Lukaku. uh, Obviously, it was post the uh, score in the the 3-0 win for Belgium. Um, He got a goal and an assist, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. He went off after 81 minutes. And Belgium were a 3-0 up after 65 minutes, so it's not like he was taken off immediately, that the game was in the bag. Uh, And, of course, he did play for Belgium. So Chelsea released him. Um, So his comment was... um, I'm struggling with a minor issue. I've been struggling with a minor issue for a while. Um, and he's gone to have a scan on it before returning to Chelsea because he's suspended for Belgium's game, um, the final qualifier. What do you make of that one?
2: I mean, it's, from, from an FPL point of view, it's a funny one for him to say that and throw absolute yeah. chaos into, into the midst. I mean, he's been playing with a minor issue. It's, a bit, it's similar to Calvert-Lewin. I mean, he's been playing with an injury to his toe. And so calvert um Lukaku's obviously had something as well, but not enough for him not to play. It's, you know, he started at the first opportunity against Arsenal, mm. pretty much. So I'm guessing as long as a scan doesn't reveal something, you know, sinister going on that, you know, maybe no one was aware of, then he'll start and be fine.
1: Yeah, that, that's how I see it as well. I mean, I think you've got to look at the fact that he played 90 at Arsenal um, and he played the whole game and he... And Against Liverpool, it was Havertz who came off at half time. And you'd, you'd say, Well, of course it was because Lukaku's more of a threat on the break, so they wouldn't want to take him off. But if, if it was an issue which you know was a risk to him, to his minutes, I would have thought we'd have seen something from Chelsea. I think mm. at least they wouldn't have would have let him go to Belgium to play because knowing he'd play all three games only because he's suspended it, he's not going to do that. So I I don't think there's too much in it, but you're right, it's all about a scan, isn't it? It's all but, about,
2: but I will say, if you're going to arrest him at any point, off the back of, you know, with this with a minor injury, it's going to be Aston Villa at home. Because then they've got Spurs and City in the league. have got Champions League kicking off as well.
1: Yeah, but it's yeah. home debut. Home debut, has. he hasn't played in front of his own fans yet. Are you going to deny him a home debut? Well, yeah, if he's got a minor injury, you do. I, I don't think they, you know, they, they drop points at Liverpool. I don't think they, you can't afford to take risks. I They've got to win games. They know they're in a league where you've more or less got to, Win every game with City and Liverpool. The pace that they're going to set, I would have said. I know City have dropped points already, but I I don't think Chelsea will risk not starting him. I think I, I think, I think he starts.
2: I think I think he starts. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, it, if that scan comes back and there is anything there, then it could be the one that they decided to give a miss for. But mm. I don't think they will. I think he'll play
1: good comments actually in, in chat You know Chelsea have got quite a few players returning late yeah they have and so Lukaku is actually going to be mm. one of the more rested of their players um, so I, I, I don't think there's any doubt he plays oh, no. I heard he's
2: got his leg in a cast and he's not going to is that what you're saying
1: <laughs> right. well to be honest the week we've had as FBL managers I wouldn't be surprised if some there's a curveball coming on that um, still um, but hopefully we'll see pictures of him in training and it'll be confirmed by Tuchel. Uh Thursday or Friday I uh, imagine Friday Uh Son Another one, injury yeah. calf injury. What about this? This one? is
2: this is the main one for me, I think. I think there is something in this, you know, for for I mean this this is this is a strange one, right? This is like a training ground sort of the, the ones that happen in matches kind of, you know, often they're kind of pre- quite precautionary, I think. And and you know, I don't know, you, you feel something, you think, oh god, I don't want to make this any worse. But a training injury that's enough to You know, basically send you home. I think is is a massive concern for him. I think he misses out. Out of the three, he'd be the one I'd put money on missing out.
1: Yeah, I think the nature of the calf injuries tend to be difficult ones. Uh, In my small experience of football injuries, um, having tracked them over the years um, with Scout, I think calf injuries quite are can be quite problematic. They're not things you overcome, um, and they they can hamper you even if they're minor. So I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I think so. Was it was it a hamstring more, he had
2: yeah. last year when he just played like when everyone thought he was going to be out for ages then he just played the next game and got like 20 points against Matthew. Well, he
1: had a Is hamstring. He had a hamstring scare this season, didn't he? Going mm. into game week 3, he had a hamstring scare and played. Um, I don't know if he's had a history of calf injuries, but I just I just know that calf injuries are problematic, not easy to shake off. So if it's enough to keep him out of that next qualifier, I think there's something in this. And I agree of the of the three, I would say that Son is probably the biggest doubt. But um, yeah, and I mean, I like identified. like Calvert
2: Lewin missing out, for example, doesn't really affect England that much because obviously he's not going to play anyway. We've got Kane, <clears throat> Kane, Bamford, all this stuff. Son missing mm. out in yeah, the qualifiers though is massive. Mm. So he's not going to be sent home unless they're you know if they can patch him up and get him on the pitch, they probably would. Mm. So yeah, I think I think he's he's a, he's a worry. Has he been sent going.
1: home or is he just is he still with them? I didn't think he'd been sent home. Um. I, minor detail um, but I, I'm not no, sure he's back in Spurs yet um, people say Mark doesn't have song quite well I don't but he's a player I nearly had he's in my uh, he's in my turning point team so I'm going to have to manage him out of that if I think it's down I don't know yeah. I mean for many I think that would probably be enough to you know many things have triggered a wild card obviously Ronaldo Lukaku and then these injuries. And then added to that, we've got the doubts over the Brazilian players, which is just an absolute roller coaster. What's going on with that? What's the latest? I think today, so the tweet I've captured here was yesterday's news. And then today, it's been confirmed that Brazil have asked FIFA to invoke the ban, right? So we know there's going to be a series of players, including Firmino, Alisson, and of course, Rafina, who's probably the one that affects FPL managers the most, who are likely to miss out now, unless the Premier League can do anything to negotiate i don't know what's going to still don't know the situation there
2: no i just just son has been sent home by the way oh, yeah. so okay. yeah yeah just just confirmed that. i looked at the athletic um yeah i mean but did you know not richarlison richarlison no. richarlison's okay they're not they're not gonna apparently due to good relations with him they're not going to do anything with him so it's just everyone else um which is yeah strange in a way uh, it's, I think that kind of thing makes a bit of a mockery of, mm. of the whole thing. Like you, you've got, you either enforce a blanket approach and ban to everything. You can't pick and choose. Oh, we like him. So he won't be it. And we'll get this guy, but we won't get this guy. You know, it, it's just, it's just getting a bit ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, Rafina Fabinho, Firmino, uh, sorry, Rafinha, Fabinho, Firmino, Allison, Edison, Jesu, Silva and Fred. Are all likely to miss five days, which championship. Well, how Champions how
1: likely though? They haven't been flagged yet. And there's no. a lot of talk about, well, it can't be enforced, the Premier League will get them out of it. So is the message at the moment is don't act on this news yet, isn't it? Well, yeah.
2: I mean you have got to wait until the you know, near near the deadline until we've got the full news. But I think they're gonna be out. Do you? You're of that yeah. mind. Mm. I, I think so like this was something that I think everyone was kind of made aware of before it happens and then the players haven't gone and I think it's I don't know like unless unless the the FA can do something but how they're going to be under a hell of a lot of pressure mm. to enforce this if FIFA are, are you know pushing for it so I, I, th- I think they miss out there's, there's too much smoke mm. without a fire here. Mm. Well, Athena being out would be a, would be a big blow for people who've, who've got him.
1: Yeah, and quite interestingly, my transfers in that Turning Point tool team, which, by the way, is a tool which allows you to branch your team, my two transfers last week that I made in that team were Rafina and in, and both of them could miss out in game week yeah, four, yeah. bizarrely. So it just shows you how the best laid plans can just be interrupted and you know, devastated during this international break. And it's been a break where a lot of people have played their wildcards, right? And um, tonight, we are going to touch on two wildcards, um, yep. which is a bit of a surprise to you. But yes, people have guessed. I was clickbaiting before on Twitter. Um, both the apprentices, both Henry and Natalie, have pressed a button on their wildcards. No, it's, it's not, not us. us. No, it's not, not us. It's not uh, us. Be a clickbait well. no. click there. Be a clickbait, love it. But, but I do think it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I guess it's pros and cons, really. If you'd have played your wild card and you've come across all this injury news and this disruption with the Brazilians, would you be regretting playing it now?
2: Yeah, I think so. It, uh, I mean, I think it very much depends on the next couple of days, whether it was the right time to play it. Because if we don't really get a clear thing from Solskjaer about Ronaldo starting, and if Lukaku is still going into this with a doubt, and we've still got question marks over Rafinha and stuff, these are going to be players who you have to avoid getting, you know, and you don't, and then you don't have a wild card to put bring him in easy afterwards. So... I think if we go into Saturday with these things still doubts, I think you're going to be kicking yourself if, mm. if you've if you've played the wild card. If we get a clear, a much clearer image, you know, if, if we get like Al Kavalev fine, he's been resting, and Lukaku's there's no issue there, and yeah, Ronaldo's going to start. It's a home game, of course, he's going to play. Then, then you've done well, I think. So. The next two days, press conferences are probably some of the most crucial ones I've I can remember in a long time.
1: So the, the, let's let's talk about Ronaldo's start then, because there was some scaremongering yesterday by Sky and, and <laughs> other yeah, exactly, um, saying that there's a chance that he quarantine and and so on would keep him out. But surely there's nothing in it. We saw pictures of him yesterday training, didn't we? So
2: when he was at, he was at Carrington yesterday, so on on Tuesday and today Wednesday he's been in full training. Yeah. So he's going to have three days of full training with the squad.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, and he's not, he's not, they're not going to play him against young boys in the Champions League. They don't need to. So why, why wouldn't, uh, well, I, 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 he starts, he starts. I guess, I, the,
1: I guess the only thing is that, you know, is, is he ready to be thrown in from the start? Like, probably yes. not. Well, he's probably not, is he? I mean, let's face it. I mean, they... In a, in, if if Ollie was looking, if this was any other player, I think he would ease him in. I think he would bring him off the bench.
2: Yeah, can, can I just clarify that this is a joke before I say it?
1: Go on. What it's are you going to Ronaldo Mark. Yeah, oh.
2: okay.
1: yeah, you got a lot of stick <laughs> for saying that, and people just presumed you were playing. Um, I said it as a joke, the straight man last week. No, but I mean, <laughs> if any other player, I don't think he'd start. But because it's a home game, the the excitement. You know, he, he he's he's obviously merchandise is flying out because of Ronaldo's return. Yeah. Most to the club. ever most ever shirt sales on a single day, right. I believe. Yeah. His so, return. So the pressure to play him is great and that, so I, I don't see him not starting. Whether he should start probably not. Probably, you know, when you when you think about it, I mean, he, he's only been with the club, training with the club since Wednesday and you know, it, it's a high-paced Premier League game and they've got other players who are much yeah, you know, much closer to being knitted in with the team in in Martial Greenwood etc. But someone's going to have to drop out and make way because it is Ronaldo, right? Um, and presumably he's going to play out front, and Greenwood's going to move out wide, and Martial mm-hmm. will get dropped, right?
2: That's what we think. I think I think he gets 70 minutes. Yeah, that's my prediction. Why
1: well, do you think he'll be taken off just for think, right to get the applause? Yeah, I. Yeah. Th- this is it, isn't it? I mean, it's it's quite interesting to assess. How many At 36, you wouldn't think he'd be an ever-present and you would think that Champions League would be their priority to play him in those Mm. matches. But because it is Ronaldo, you see him starting every game, very rarely getting subbed off before 80 minutes and starting the Champions League games as well, don't you? It's going to be a real test, though, of Oli, because only this week Lingard has turned down a contract. And part of the, you know, obviously behind that is... He doesn't know how many minutes he's going to get for United.
2: Mm.
1: If they don't get cut runs, then Ollie's going to have some really difficult decisions to make, isn't he?
2: I mean, I can't understand why he didn't move. Like, he must have known this was, you know, he must have known he wasn't going to get many minutes. Surely he must have had some offers after playing for West Ham, like he did. He's turned those down. So it'd be interesting to know where he he does go. Because I kind of thought when he didn't move, I thought, oh, he's happy to be a kind of a squad player at United. And then like a week or two later, he's then like, oh no, I'm not happy to be a squad player. So oh, <laughs> that's that's a bit of mixed mixed messaging. Um I mean, just come out just to United quickly. I mean, the the Champions League group isn't isn't easy. Mm. I mean, the Young Boys is the easiest one, which they can obviously rest a few players in. But with Villarreal beat them in the Europa League last year and Atalanta, who were like a fantastic attacking yeah. side, they're gonna to need to score goals against them. So you've got to think Ronaldo's gonna be starting in the yeah. in the Champions League. So he's gonna be a thirty six year old playing every game. So I, I just don't I just don't see Solskjaer having the bottle
1: to to Yeah, and, him and, 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 rest and that's it in any game. That's it. I and mean, if we, if we see him start this one and we see him go back-to-back games Champions League when it gets tougher for him after the young boys, then we'll we're, we we're get an idea. But I, I, I just wonder how he's going to... I mean, we haven't even talked about Cavani. We're going to talk about him in a bit. But, you know, he's a factor as well. Let's not forget. And when's he going to play? I mean, is Lingard and Cavani and Martial they're just going to be settling for Carabao Cup? He's going to have to. <laughs> Not, I mean he
2: does love Martial. Mm. I do wonder if we might see him but I, he sees Martial as a, as a striker. Mm. I don't think he's going to play him on the left.
0: Mm. Especially
2: not when um when Rashford's back.
0: No.
2: I I think they yeah, I think they're all just on the on on the way out. I think Cavani's around just to be a good influence now. I think he must accept that. I mean he just when you when you have to give away your shirt number as well. It must be the most like I don't know, it must be pretty uh demoralising yeah of course, of course, it's course not, you can
1: have my shirt number Ronaldo it's, it's not been great for him want. but you, you've got to think that you know he's a he's a quality player and he's going to demand some pitch time and they need cut runs for Oli to have a means to play these players if they get if they don't get a cut run I think it's going to be some really interesting choices they have to make it's, it's going to be fascinating Ronaldo coming back is fascinating for so many reasons and the test of Oli's management and how strong he'll be managing him is just one aspect of that, I think. Um, While we're talking about Cavani, let's have a look at this stuff because when we did the Ronaldo show last week, um, I think you raised the point about, well, what about Cavani? They did okay feeding him. Um, And so we went away and we had a look at um, exactly that. We looked at when Cavani started for United and how they provided him with, with service. And what I found was just, shocking. It's just crazy. I just didn't expect what I saw. So he started 13 games last season and they're on the screen here. Started game week 11 running through the game week 37. A good mix of home and away games. He scored 5 goals in that spell, in that 13 start spell. He scored more goals off the bench of course but in the starts he scored 5 goals. And interestingly in those 13 starts, United put in an average of 17.6 open play crosses per game. And yet, when Cavani wasn't in the team, they only averaged 8.3 open play crosses Mm. per game. So while last week we were saying, well, are United going to adapt to Ronaldo? They've got to get more crosses into the box to actually feed him, for him to be able to rival his returns at Juventus. Because Juventus, if you remember, if you didn't watch the show, were the number one team in the Serie A for crosses. This shows, doesn't it? The United can and will adapt, right? Is that I mean, that's what yeah, I take? Well,
2: you're not going to cross the ball to Martial. <laughs> you're, going to, you're not going to get much, much, much joy out of that. Or but you Greenwood, to, maybe as well. Or Greenwood, like they're just not that kind of player. So, it, I think it is, it is, it is interesting because I've I've always regarded Solskjaer, and I think a lot of people have as being have, like building quite a one dimensional team, you know. And I think Cavani came in, and and the idea was that he would shake that up a little bit and give them a bit more of a presence up front and bully defenders a bit more and stuff, which you don't really see from some of the other ones, but it's just all about pace. Get, either, get the ball into the box, win some penalties, let Fernandes score them. Like that's that's the kind of thing. But I think this just shows that actually they do have different strings to their bow. And yeah, I think, you know, Ronaldo's going to play that role. And I think we're going to see something much more like this go, going forward. Um, and like we talked I mean, about, we talked about all of this last week, but I'm sure it's going to be relied on so much, I think, yeah. to be putting these to be putting these crosses in.
1: Yeah, I, I I think um well the bulk of the crosses over this period when Cavani started were supplied by um Bruno and, and Shaw. So I think we while Bruno's value to us has decreased in terms of, well, maybe he's not gonna have as many shots, he's probably not beyond penalties, we would expect him to be key to providing assists mm. by those crosses moment play and Shaw as well. I think um yeah, I mean, at Juventus we saw um the fullbacks, wing backs, being key to providing him service, and I think it'll happen the same uh, for United. Maybe not Wambasaka,
2: but no, less, unless he's having, unless he's having a lot of coaching.
1: Certainly sure. Well, one thing for a, a word of caution, though. You know, I, only nineteen shots in those thirteen starts for Cavani. So although they did provide him plenty of crosses, and they clearly changed tact, and they clearly said, right, Cavani's in the team, we've got to get him crosses. He only got 19 shots out of it. So they, mm. the quality, you know, they have 3.8 successful crosses per game on average compared to 1.2 without him. But clearly, they, up, they upped the volume. It meant they had more success with their crosses as well. But he didn't have that many chances. Only in one game did he have more than th- two chances.
0: Mm.
1: So you'd expect those numbers to increase for Ronaldo. Right? We can probably double them because he's going to take pot shots, right? But in terms of quality chances, this is another going to be another interesting thing to study how does Ronaldo compare to Cavani because I think he's going mm. to get similar service will he just by the nature of him being is he better in the air I guess arguably he is arguably he's the best striker in the world in the no, air arguably so, he's yeah. definitely better than right. Cavani in the air but Cavani's good in the air right? he's not he's not slack in that respect and he's a good header of a ball but Ronaldo is probably peerless in that respect so mm. you'd, you'd expect him to make more successful you know convert more crosses into successful ones right and have more chances,
2: but like but like you mentioned last week, a majority of Ronaldo's goals went with his head.
1: Six anyway. he got, I think.
2: Yeah, so the majority were, were still with his feet. Mm. So yeah, I mean that's the thing. You just crosses don't don't always lead to goals from from headers. So it's not like he's he's gonna. Jump. It, it just if, if the ball doesn't get to him though, he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna have as many shots. Like it's it all comes down to the quality mm. of those crosses at the end yeah. of the day. So unless I mean Ronaldo, you'd argue is better would be better at finding the space and things, but and this is what you talked about, how quickly are United going to be able to adapt to finding him and finding Ronaldo and making those runs? Because Ronaldo can make all the best runs in the world, which he will do, but if not, he's not being found by the crosses coming in, then he won't be by Wan Bissaka. <laughs> so he might be by Shaw and Fernandes and Pogba and, and guys. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting as well, with Fred being missing, um, or potentially being missing as well. I mean, who, who the hell plays uh, centre mid next to Pogba now? Like, are they going to push... Fernandez, but I mean, a, a midfield of Fernandes and Pogba seems pretty. Van de Beek maybe comes in
1: and Bruno. Yeah, just but bang. I mean,
2: yeah, but I mean, again, a, a midfield of Pogba and Van de Beek are so similar mm. in terms of like the way they want to play, like what sixes and or eights maybe. But yeah, I, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I just think that it could unbalance United a bit more, and, and you know that might affect the quality of chances Ronaldo gets. I'm not saying that I don't think Ronaldo's going to do no, well uh, if he starts yeah. again. This is a caveat, but again, this is this isn't this isn't a fully st- A full strength god saying Fred is part of a full strength United side show.
1: Does Fred Can they've got Matic, haven't they? He can come in, so
2: Yeah, I guess Uh, Matic comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean
1: I think it's interesting that Ronaldo played in a two at Juventus and he'll be the sole lone central striker in this United team, we imagine, unless they change formation radically. It's gonna be two wider players, either Greenwood or Sancho or Rashford and Sancho, one of those two of those three. Um, so that would be interesting well to see if that changes things because he was in a front too at Juventus. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and against Newcastle, you've got to think they're going to turn up probably knowing Bruce with a back five most of the time. So they're going to put three big centre-backs in there expecting crosses. So while this on paper looks like an easy test for Ronaldo, a nice, handy, easy debut, I don't know. It'd be, it's going to be so interesting to see how it turns out because I don't think United can just throw crosses in and Ronaldo's going to win them all because Newcastle no. will be ready for that. Um, and it's not so much his runs, it's more his movement, isn't it? I don't think mm. he's going to be running the channels or running over the top. It's going to be, can Newcastle concentrate and keep him picked up at all times? And that's a big if when you look at their for record, and the,
2: for, New, for Newcastle's on in mm. the bottom, aren't they? For yeah. like, most, of the, most of the metrics for keeping shots out and things. I mean, you know, if this was three or four weeks down the line, it would just be absolute, you know, bloodbath, I think. I think the only... The only reason that people can maybe think they can get away with it is just because it is this first week and he's only had three days of training. But it is, I mean, if we, I'm, I'm 50-50, you're not going with him. If he's in that starting lineup against Newcastle, even with 60 minutes, it's it's not going to be fun not owning him.
1: Oh, it's never, I mean, no. It's never going to be fun not owning him because he's going to have a lot of shots, right? We know that. Um, What are the quality of those efforts going to be? Do you know his ownership now? Let me have a guess. 15%? 15? Higher, a little
2: bit. Higher, 18. Yeah, 17.4. Yeah. Oh, He'll hit 20% mm. easy before before deadline.
1: It, it's crazy, isn't it, as well? And when we look at the captains later, he's kind of like a shoe in for the captain for so many people, and yet he hasn't kicked the ball in the Premier League. I know. Like How many years? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Right, let's talk about um, Romelu Lukaku versus Ronaldo, um, just to balance it up. Because if anything, this data is pro-Ronaldo, right? So let me reveal my bias a bit more by looking at something <laughs> completely different. This is our friend Tim Bayer, who, if you don't know, he's on Twitter he does a lot of infographics, really, really smart stuff, um, at TimBayer93. Uh, follow him if you can, because he does some really good visuals. We've used a few of them in the show before. Mm. This is something he put up a couple of weeks ago, looking at um, non-penalty XG um, for Chelsea, and making a case that actually, since Tuchel arrived, he's got them moving towards City as title contenders not only in, in defence but in attack as well so they're non penalty XG since Tukel came in uh, 1.8 compared to United's 1.3 in the same spell um, just for podcast users who can't see the graphic yep. so that's interesting isn't it? because again we always associate Tukel coming in with oh he's firmed them up at the back but actually Chelsea don't offer too much up front but when we looked at the season data at the end I think Chelsea were third and that really surprised us
0: hmm.
1: and this kind of underlines it as well that United are you know kind of a, a bit behind them in terms of non penalty xG. so do you think that has any bearing on the Lukaku versus Ronaldo argument or do you think Ronaldo is going to make a massive difference to this? I
2: think you can kind of forget and, and managers can kind of build a reputation really quickly and then you just have that locked into your mind so like well it's like United you think Solskjaer came in there was a there was an upturn in in their attacking, so you think, oh, he's a really attacking manager, and they're going to create lots of chances. But then you look at that dip that that they had when Tuchel was there. So was it run about game twenty six or twenty seven? Mm. I mean, that is they really, really did dip down quite a lot. But then steadily have, have increased it as his kind of tactics and, and strategies have, have come more into play. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the data suggests that that Lukaku probably is is going to get more chances. Than, than Ronaldo, I guess. But I think Ronaldo's going to make himself more chances yeah. because he's a player who likes to shoot and he won't be bringing players into the match like Lukaku will be. So I think I think it kind of balances out, but it is interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's it's going to be, it was close in Serie A, right? I think Ronaldo got 29 goals, Lukaku 24, but Lukaku had the 11 assists. So goal involvement, it was 35-32. I think we're going to see something similar in the Premier League. I think Ronaldo overall will probably have more goal involvement. Um, but Ronaldo, just through sheer shot volume, will keep pace with him if not beat him for goal. I don't know. I, th- I think
2: there's question marks around will Lukaku dominate the FPL returns to the same extent that Ronaldo probably will. So you know, what, for, his, looking, for Chelsea. Yeah, like I'm looking at Chelsea, I'm thinking you know Lukaku's there, and I think he actually makes like Havertz and Mount better options because they should they should do better. But then I look at United, and I think actually Ronaldo makes Greenwood, um, and and Fernandez worse options. Yeah, which I think is is the difference between the kind of the two players. Uh, and it will be really interesting to know, in, you know, when we do an analysis in sort of five or six weeks to see, you know, is, is Green taking less shots? Is he getting involved less in the box? Are they all just set up just to create chances for Ronaldo, which I'm not sure they are really doing with Chelsea. They're, they're just more of a, more of a unit. And I think ultimately that's going to be better for Chelsea this season.
1: Yeah, and of Um, course, what we saw against Arsenal was when Lukaku had the eight shots, but Tuchel said afterwards, we haven't really had any time with him to work him into the fabric of the team, right? mm -hmm. And so what that might mean is actually he takes fewer shots and brings in others more often, and it's them who have more shots. So I think you're spot on in that. I think what we might see with Ronaldo is it does impact Bruno, Greenwood, Rashford in terms of their output. Um, But at Chelsea, the players around Lukaku will all benefit from being around him. That includes Werner as well, I think, when when he... if he gets back in the
2: team, I, I think it is interesting. Like we we do have this sense of Ronaldo. You know, he's he's gonna like just be the sole man. He's not gonna trap back and stuff. But I, I don't. I've never had that sense with him. I think you know. Okay, he's he's getting on a bit. But if United have one nil down against Newcastle, I think Ronaldo's going to be everywhere. He's yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be the one dropping deep. Yeah, I think so. He's gonna be the one dropping deep and and trying to urge teammates on and stuff. That's what he's always done for, for all the clubs that he's been to. He's not going to just stand up front and just wait for the ball. He'll
1: to demand him. the ball, yeah. So he'll he'll, he'll, he'll drop and yeah, demand. Yeah, he'll come to the ball. I don't I don't see him pressing to preserve leads and that kind of thing. He's 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 not going to be. I don't think he's going to be that type of player. He, if things aren't going his way, if he's not getting enough of the ball, or if United are losing, he'll try. And well, take he's the he's game not. He's not. He's
2: night. not going to hound down players and, on the left and, and do an amazing tackle and then run back mm. up. He, he is going to drop back to try and to try and see more of it. And I that's when is. you know. That's when United's style could change even more because then if yeah. he's dropping if he's dropping deep, they won't need to put in the put in the crosses for him.
1: I can't remember though a, a player that's caused so much speculation. Yeah, you know because because of that massive gap and and what he produced and what we saw the first mm. time and and you know no one can really know what we're going to expect. We we've seen evidence of stuff at Madrid and, and Juventus, but he's going into a completely different team in a completely different league, and we know the Premier League operates at a different pace to Serie A certainly. So we don't know. Um, and, and we've spent all last week speculating. We're speculating now. There's people in comments speculating. There's people on Twitter speculating. We don't know. It's going to take probably three or four weeks of data and then we can start looking at the way it's trending. Hmm. Um, but what I do know is people are wildcarding now to get him in on the basis that he's almost guaranteeing them a return. And I don't know. I don't, I don't feel as confident as some, obviously. I, I'm more confident in Lukaku, as people know. Um, and but I find it fascinating that this player has arrived and and done this, and it, and it really does link to one of the questions that we've we're, we we got from the community this week from Fires and Khan, who said, you know, the template that start of the season was formulated for the sixth game week period, and changes were expected into Chelsea's run from game week seven. But Romelu Lukaku and Ronaldo have kind of disrupted that strategy now, um, and I think that is absolutely spot on. We we could never have foreseen this when we planned our teams ahead of game week one and I certainly didn't I looked at game week four as a key game week and it's going to be that for all the different reasons isn't it
2: can I just remind you yeah of you and Luke on, telling then. me you know you and Luke you know pre-season saying to me oh you know you you know we, we want to be making moves because you know where else are we going to be making moves you know if, if we set our teams up for too long then blah 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 and then you were like oh Fernandez for game week four and all this and now we're thinking of selling him it's it's, things can just move so so quickly, and especially around the start of the season. And yeah, you, you've got to you've got to be able to adapt, and it's it's why I'm a little bit worried. Like I'm looking at my team and thinking, okay, my t- I'm not too happy with with the way my team is. I think I've got some issues. And I'm looking at some of the wildcard teams, presuming everyone's fit, and thinking, okay, these guys have caught surprise rise, and they're looking a lot stronger. And I am a bit worried that I'm going to kind of get left behind unless I do something, you know, like I, I, I chop some chop and change some players in and out. So I'm I'm thinking about hits. Uh, this week and that hits plural. I'm, I'm thinking about a minus a eight. Minus you know?
1: eight. Yeah. Is a minus eight not enough to trigger the wild card then for you?
2: I think a twelve. I think a minus twelve is the idea would be to do a minus eight and then not wild card in game week seven. Yeah, and then and then bring it back for United's fixture swing a bit later on. So
1: yeah,
2: it's not something ideally I want to do, but it would sort out. I think an, a minus eight would sort out all the things I want and get me like ahead again, and still leave me the wild card. Depends how much value you have in the wild card, right?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's many FBL managers out there who haven't, in this two-week period, not questioned the wild card. Mm. I mean, even myself, who got Lukaku into deliberately try and put off the wild card, even ahead of game week seven, has had to check and gone, "Am I absolutely sure?" Because of what's happened, um, mm. it's been extraordinary, and I guess in a way, the injury doubts have put me off as well. So they've in a way. Perhaps save me from thinking about it too seriously. Is that the case for you as well? As these injuries come rolling in, has that cast more doubt about playing it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I never, I never really wanted to play it anyway. Uh, it does, it does still feel very, very early. And you know, I, I think a lot of players who maybe haven't seen a huge amount of uh, could could come into the reckoning at some point. Now, I don't feel like my squad is a million miles off being being good, and that's why I think the three transfers would, would sort it out. So it hasn't really been a consideration for me. I mean, I normally I find that with the wild card, you play it start of an international break like this or or you don't right yeah. you're trying to catch those those price rises as best you can so if you had barnes for example and you played it and you got torres i think you, you probably made point three on that over, over this break yeah the swing so, yeah yeah so the, the swings can be massive but then i like would saying that last year um i played mine about what well, we did the we did the friday night didn't i played the wild card that day right at the end of the week so yeah it can happen but yeah i, I haven't i haven't really considered it um to, to be fair
1: right okay and you're not you're, you're you're definitely not going to do it now because I, I listened to Green no. Arrow last night and Adam was was still arm and arm I think and I think there's a lot of us in that camp um, and maybe all it will take is one more key injury to a very you know popular asset and it will push more over the edge.
2: I think like it it would be different if Ronaldo had like five of the best fixtures in a row coming up or all the same with Lukaku, but. I kind of feel like both with Ronaldo and Lukaku, if you make it through this week without getting punished severely, you've got Salah captain for some absolutely yeah. brilliant fixtures and you've got a bit of time to reassess and just see how they're getting on and and, and things like that. Uh, but obviously it can go completely wrong if they both get hat-tricks and then you haven't got either of them.
1: Yeah, and but. the other thing is, is a lot of, as we've said so many times, a lot of the community, including ourselves, have started reasonably well, right? We've yeah. not had great game weeks, but we're in within the top million, which at this stage is, is, is good, right? It's, it's a decent place to be. So that, I guess that's probably put some people off as well. I just find it fascinating that, for me, as a manager who relies so much on data and the eye test, going all in for a player like Ronaldo without actually seeing him play in the Premier League or getting any data to compare to his previous mm. data, just sounds crazy. But I know what you're going to say.
2: I'm not going to say it. I'm it, it, not going to It is
1: Ronaldo, but it is, it is crazy, isn't it? That, 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 you know, that many, you know, he's got 15, 17% ownership without actually kicking the ball in the Premier League and without actually your data. And it's, that's just, I mean, a lot of that is perhaps more Man United fans reacting to it mm. as well. And we know there's a lot of those who play it, but there are seasoned you, FPL managers who have done it as well, right?
2: Do, do you think we'd be seeing this flurry of wildcards if Lukaku had Spurs away and United had Leicester away? For example, like it's it's it's, yeah. it's fallen on a week where they have the best fixtures, but then they don't. They're not as good. Like Lukaku in particular really drop, and United aren't that great. Like with West Ham away, and and I think they've got Leicester as well. Because um, you know you're still going to have both of them going into going into the other the other games if you go for all three. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, I just find it interesting. I th- I think that those two fixtures have kind of blinded people a little bit.
1: I don't think it's anything to do with the fixtures. I think it's. Ronaldo's Ronaldo. And even if they were playing Man City, I think he's think? had that ownership. Yeah, I do. not know. Because
2: the think... Ronaldo, Ronaldo captain and Lukaku captain this week is, is arguably stronger than Salah away, um, Salah at Leeds. But like next week, for example, it's going to be hard to go a, without Salah because they've got, uh, who've they got? They've got Brent, is it Brentford they've got next week? Um, yeah. No, sorry, it's Palace, Palace at home. So it's Palace at home. Ronaldo's going to have West Ham away who, okay, are quite leaky, and then Chelsea go into uh, Spurs. Spurs away. Mm. So, to me, Salah's the best option there.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. But I I, I don't know. It, it, I think the the buzz around Ronaldo, I mean, you're you, okay, you're not playing the wild card over Ronaldo, but you are going to take a hit and take out Bruno Fernandes. And when you stop and think about yeah. that, you know, Bruno Fernandes' top two FBL assets, we're just presuming, we're just making assumptions that he's going to, He's going to dip as a result of Ronaldo coming in. So the assumptions are, without even seeing this, that Bruno's going to dip in terms of output. Ronaldo's going to come in and, and be worth 12.5. And I'm so confident in that I'm going to take a four or even eight-point hit to, to back it. Crazy, isn't it?
2: Oh, it's cra- it is crazy. Yeah, I mean, again, I was talking about this with Jenny. It's it's like whenever you take a hit, you're, you're rolling the dice, obviously, on the players you take out, scoring less than the ones you bring in. But also, if you're changing the captaincy as well, you're also rolling dice on Salah with a good fixture away. It leads, you know, not outscoring the player that you that you bring in. So you're adding quite a lot more kind of uncertainty to things. Because imagine you take the, the minus four. Fernandes outscores Ronaldo and Salah outscores Ronaldo as well. You, you could be like twenty points down on mm. the on the move that that you've made when when you might be impatient. Obviously, it's easy to say they can it can it can go both ways. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the reason the, the four point hit though, the reason I quite like it is because with Ings and Tony with their fixtures now toughening up getting Ronaldo in gets rid of that problem yeah and then I can move Fernandez down to someone like Jota who I think has got potential with you know with, with the fixtures. the thing is with Simakas as well I've got to I'd have to get rid of him to get in Jota which would be the minus which would be the minus eight but I'm not really too worried about that people were you know I've, I've seen some people saying oh Simacas has to be classed as a mistake now because it's blocking people from getting Jota because like, even if you take a four point hit to get him out you've still got more than four points from him yeah, things, th- this so. is it.
1: The points that he got us, you can use for those, can't you? Exactly. Like? So that's it, the way.
2: That's the way I'm. I'm. Tr- I'm yeah. justifying. I mean,
1: it. I, I look at it, and it is a pain. I. I. I'm thinking of getting Bruno out next week to spread the funds around. Mm. Um, and Jota would be my first target. I don't know if I'm going to take a minus four to do it and get Simicat out as well. I might do. It's not out of the realms of possibility. Um, you know, the Firmino situation. He is one of the Brazilians banned, but also he's got an injury. We think he's going to miss at least a couple of games is, is what the Liverpool Echo were kind of mm. hinting at. I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, Yotta looks the best midfielder, but we'll get to those in a minute. Um, Nissan asked the next question that we picked out, and that is with all the big hitters in the picture, is it worthwhile to go with a four-three-three formation and two 4.5 mids? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I find it hard
2: to build a decent four-three-three. If anyone watched the scout cards last night, Andy North, Teach Mode, um, has gone four four three four four three, right. three currently. What's he so got? He's, he's got Christiansen, Tierney, Trent, and Shaw. Right, which, so he's
1: kept Trent. Yeah. And what's, has he got calvert and Antonio, and Ronaldo up front? Right, that's the standard three let now. Me isn't me st- let me see if I can find it, and then I can let you know. My, my
2: feelings are: if you're going to go for it, you need to have four attacking defenders. Yeah, because I look at Christiansen and I think ugh, I'm not a massive like fan of getting in someone who I think probably has a bit of rotation risk anyway with, you know, Thiago Silva being around. Um But he's got no real attacking threat at all. And I think if, you know, I think 5.5 defenders compared to 5.5 mids, you can make a case for. So like Regulon's 5.2. Now I like the look of Short. I like the look of Tierney, Semedo, all these guys, you know, 4.9 to 5.5 to five are, are pretty nice. And I, I I think I'd rather have those over your mate and Bamo and Gray well, and, see, and, the, and these see. guys. But when you start getting to the 6 six million midfielders, I quite like the look of like Sarr and Traore and Trinkau and stuff, and I'd prefer those over. I'd back them. Then I'm favouring the attacker much more mm. than, than the defence.
1: I'll tell you why I don't like it, and, and this is something that I, I've thought about in the last twenty minutes before we came on air. I couldn't think of a good reason initially, but I, this is one I'm going with. What I like to do and what I see is the most impactful transfers I can make are normally going to be in midfield particularly if your front three are settled, because we've got to look Mm. at it and think, okay, I'm going to have one of Lukaku, Ronaldo, and I'm going to have probably um, Antonio, and then I'll probably go Bamford or Calvert-Lewin, right? So I think most teams are going to have a mix of those players, right? And then if you're going four at the back, you don't really want to be making defensive transfers because they're low impact, right? So then when you look at your midfield, you've got Salo in there. You've only got two other players, that you can swap in and out with your transfers Mm. Um, and odds on that, you know, your weakest players are going to be your third and fourth defenders probably rather than your second and third midfielders. So I think you'll be restricting your ability to make impactful transfers. It's flexibility, isn't it? Yeah.
2: It's it's, it's flexibility. And particularly when you've used your wildcard. Like you, 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 I, f- I do feel that when you use your wild card, you need to keep in mind that you're not going to have that get-out-of-jail-free card that you need to do. So when you want to start changing these players around, and this is the problem, right? If you've, like, if you've got Christensen and, and Tierney and they're not performing, Tierney gets injured like he's bound to. With one transfer, you can't really do much. Mm-hmm. You have to move for another defender. If yeah. you take a, yeah, exactly. even, but even if you take a minus four, there's no five million midfielders. So you're going to have to make some changes around. I mean, a- Andy's team is goal, Trent... Um, Rudiger, sorry, not Christensen. Uh, Tierney, Shaw, Salah, Traore, Jota, Ronaldo, Antonio, Calvert-Lewin. There's nothing wrong with that team.
1: No, that's good. I mean, Rudiger does offer a bit of threat, right? Yeah, absolutely, and and
2: definitely safer than than Christensen. I think. So I, I look at that team, and I think, yeah, that's a strong team. I don't think there's there's anyone really missing. That but the trouble is when players like Rafina start to hit form, which they might do at six five yeah. or. Fern uh, Torres, for example, becomes like an absolute must because he plays every game and he's scored in the last two and he's playing. You know, Nor- you know, which will play Norwich. I mean, you know what I mean? Like the, the flexibility, I think, of that is is exactly what you say. That's going to be that's well. Going midfield to be the issue.
1: is where it's at. Midfield, I find, are the most volatile players. Right? They're the players that come in out of form and get the bigger scores. You know, Torres did it, eighteen points yeah, last yeah. game week. Right? So if you're set up with just three midfielders, you're limiting your ability to move into that, right? We're, we're, you look at the likes of Damari Grace, It's like, okay, he might be a flash in the pan, but he's a player that you'd want to have the ability to come and get for a couple of weeks. Traore is a good one as well. I know he's got him in there, but he's only one, he's one of three midfielders. So, you know, Smith-Rowe with Arsenal's fixtures could suddenly blow up. Odegaard could as well. I, mean, I know it's Saka. I know it seems unlikely now, but I think the players that break out, the players that become bandwagons, yeah. are normally, in my view, midfielders. And so when you've only got three options there, because your, you know, your funds are tied up in a four man defense.
2: Yeah. And, and, the, and the other thing, more. and the other thing as well is is price rises because it's the midfielders and the forwards who are most likely to get the explosive returns, turns and you want to get them in to, to catch the price rises. Like defenders, unless they go on a really crazy run, don't tend to go up huge amounts in price. But like Ben Rama, for example, went up, you know, 0.3, 0.4 off oh, the bang. back of a, a good, a good couple of weeks. Yeah. And, at, at, at this stage you want to have that in mind about building value I think too
1: and also I think we're early in the season still so there's still midfielders like Smith Rowe who we haven't seen enough of with decent fixtures to know whether or not he's an option for our team Yeah, he could suddenly go on a run of three goals in four games and suddenly it's like well we've got to have mm. Smith Rowe and then you know you've got to change your team structure quite a lot to get him in so any like anything could happen with that if we were seven or eight game weeks in I'd be much more inclined to commit to a 4 three, three, but at the moment I think it's a bit early Anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't hate it, but I don't think it's for me. No. Uh, Pricey uh, says, can we trust the likes of Greenwood, jotta or Torres to have extended runs in their respective teams? Would you consider the safest? Who would you consider the safest going into going into up to game week 7 or 8? So it's Greenwood, Jota was the question before, wasn't it? Pre-season, mm. Greenwood or Jota, and I went Jota. I didn't go with him in my team, but that was my choice if I was going to go with one of the two. Torres is now in that mix as well, around the same price point, of course. Where's, where's your allegiance on those three now?
2: Well, I don't trust Torres, even slightly. <laughs> not, not, with, not with De Bruyne and Foden coming back. I, I mean, you know, he's, he's a fairly versatile player and we could see him move over to the left, but Grealish, I think, has, has kind of cemented that for, for now, it looks like. Uh, Sterling can play there as well, although he, he can also play them right. So, they, you know, there's there's options for where Torres can play, but I, I just never trust it. I think Greenwood is is probably the one for me. I mean, I don't think Rashford comes back and, go, and slots straight back into the United side, not with not with how Greenwood's been playing. And I don't think we're going to see a huge drop-off in form of, of Greenwood. I think he's started the season so strongly I think it's his place to, to lose. Mm. So I think last time we spoke, I said, I didn't think Greenwood was in the, in the strongest, you know, United 11, but I think he probably is now. I think it's Sancho on the left and and Greenwood on the right um, and and Ronaldo up front. So I think if I was, if I was going to pick one of those, you know, for an extended period, I'd go with Greenwood, but obviously the Firmino news of how long he's out for, I think would then elevate Jota above him if he's out for three or four weeks, something like that. Because then you know, you know he's going to play, basically. And he's got, what, the best stats of, like, oh, best crazy. stats than Ronaldo? We looked, we looked last
1: week, didn't we? And um, we looked at some data which uh, looked at minutes per open play shot, minutes per shot on target, minutes per shot in the box. And obviously Ronaldo's Serie A data was well out on top. But there, in second, representing the Premier League was Jota. Um, mm. Really surprising. And he has figured well in our player data last season when he's played. So he's one of those players. Um, it was a bit like the Jesus Agüero situation a few seasons back. That when Agüero's injured, you go Jesus. Not so yeah, quite, yeah, you know, it's yeah. It's not turned out to be that way, but that was the old adage, wasn't it? And I think it's become that with Firmino and Jota. Like when you're certain Jota starts, his data suggests he's, you know, he's top tier. He's he's yeah, almost yeah. a heavy hitter, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's a premium, Tristan seven point six mil clothing. Yeah, the only difference between those two examples is you don't get Firmino when Jota's injured. I think is a. Yeah, no one wants to go there.
1: No. Um, yeah, he's certainly not Aguero. Um, yeah, I, I I think you're right. I, think the, the, I don't think there is a solution up to 7 or 8. I think none of those three can give you guaranteed starts. I think it's inter- interesting what you say about Rashford. I just see him, you know, Green was 19. Rashford is a senior player, highly influential player. I don't think he keeps Rashford on the bench, no matter how well he's performing. I think Rashford... Again, though, no, it's another test of all his management. But, but
2: don't, you, don't you feel that Rashford is kind of in the decline a little bit, whereas yeah. Greenwood Greenwood's stock is just... So, Has yeah, Rashford, Rashford
1: finished already?
2: He's not finished, but I'd say at the moment, going by former, Rashford didn't have a particularly good season last year, like at any point, whereas Greenwood towards the end was, was one of United's strongest players, again, like he was the year before as well. I, I haven't really seen too much from Rashford in, in years to make me think this is a guy who's going to... You know, really, really go crazy. I I, I, I,
1: I think Rashford's got his best years ahead of him still, just like Greenwood. I, I mm. do. I don't think he's peaked by any means. Um, and I think, arguably, he could benefit from an Aldo quite a lot. I mean, obviously, Greenwood can as well. I just think he's a senior player. Although he's young, he's a senior player. That's how I see it. You know, obviously, he's got his reputation off the pitch as well. Um. I, I just don't see Greenwood keeping you know, And I think Sancho, as we discovered last week, he's going to be key because of that, that supply, right? They need a, a more traditional wire player to feed Ronaldo. And Sancho is the only one they've got, really. Now mm. James has gone. So I think Sancho's in eventually, maybe not in the next few weeks, but certainly by game week seven, I'd see Sancho in the team. And I think Rashford, when fit, will mean Greenwood will have to get benched. But I guess what is interesting is the Champions League, right? He could play. Rashford and Champions League, Greenwood gets league games and it could work like that. And again, it comes down to this is going to be a fascinating period where we have to mm. try and work out how Ollie's going to run. You know, Lingard, we haven't even mentioned. Surely, Lingard's only going to play in the front three if he plays at all. He's got to be He's got to be in for a chance, Lingard, of getting some starts. Where's it going to be? It's, it's going to be really interesting. <sighs> he's not going to start. He's not going to start. I mean, for Carabao Cup, mainly, and young Ollie boys. Said, Ollie said he would have started game week one had it not been for the uh, coronavirus issues.
2: Yeah, but that's because Sancho that's wasn't fully ready, right? And well, Rashford's really out. Well that's
1: mm, yeah. Mm, I don't know. Ways. I don't think Lingard's out of the equation by any means. So I, I he
2: will well, he will be if he doesn't sign his contract.
1: Well he's got one year left he just wants to leave on a free and take his pick does yeah, exactly. he That's the idea. that's
2: not that's not, not going to make
1: LA no, too happy is it I guess not. I, I, I don't think any of them are long term. I think Greenwood is probably the most likely to still be in the team I'm going week seven. I agree with you there, but I would certainly go Yotta these next two and, and swap and it's like I said this illustrates my point on the previous question midfield is where you want to be making transfers you don't buy a 7 million midfielder and go he's in forever mm-hmm. you buy a 7 million midfielder and go he's in for the next couple of weeks then I'm moving to the next one and then the next one because in that bracket from, from 6 million up to about 7-5 even, even as far as Havertz maybe at eight. is he 8 free now? You Know, Havertz is a player We're not going to have him for long term, but for a burst of games, yeah, yeah. Havertz should be someone we consider, right? So I think this is where you want that flexibility to adjust to what, where the form and fixtures are, which is why you don't have three in midfield. You want as many choice of options there hmm. and as many price points as you can get so you can react to it. So my answer to pricey is well, you ain't, none of those three are really long term and you need to chop and change. If you were to rank them for the next six weeks, yeah, Greenwood. Greenwood Yota Torres, which is surprising because, you know, a week ago I loved Torres and like you said, he was going to be coming in for me in a couple of weeks. But mm. the Foden KDB noise, you know, adds, as I said, adds noise, and that, that changes things for me. So, yeah. Next question from Vishnav, and this will have me bring up some data. It's, it's again about Yota Torres, but another name that he mentioned is Mason Mount. And it's quite interesting because I started looking at mid price midfielders because it is kind of key. And again, it underlines the fact that these are where the transfers are going to be for that foreseeable future. Um, I wanted to take a look at mid pipes midfielders. So this is midfielders below, I think I went at 8 million and below. I don't think Havertz is there, is he? Maybe he is. Maybe I did go up to Havertz. Yes, I did. Okay, so eight five and below. Um, so I filtered by that. And then what I wanted to do, just to please our, our viewers and listeners who <laughs> play with algorithms and models, and I am one of those players, I, I'm an FBL manager using models all the time to sanity check my decisions. I had a look at three of the big models out there. Um, and when I say models, I don't mean Gianni. I mean, as in <laughs> algorithm models.
2: Oh, don't. His ego doesn't need that. <laughs>
1: um, we're talking about Rate My Team, FBL Review and Fumantics, who are the, the three models that I look at. Um, they, um, they've they got values for the next four game weeks. And so I took those and produced an average or the midfielders on show here, and then ranked them by that average. So in other words, Rafinha's on top at 17.7. That 17.7 is what the three models on average predict that he will get in terms of projected points over the next four game weeks. Mm. Um, and so what you see here is, is that, you know, a collection of, of players around that price point um, based on yeah the, the uh, rating the models give them. Um, and Jota is second. Rafinha is top, and I do think that he is the safest pick, but obviously what has confused that is this news of the Brazilian, you know, bands. Um I think if, if Rafinha will play in game week four, and I was making a transfer now, I think he's a sensible choice. Do you agree? Yeah. Rafinha. You're a Lutton, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm already getting slated for my opinion on Rashford, I'll add Rafina to the mix as well. I just think um, it was controversial, but yeah. Go on. <laughs> uh, well, well, just just quickly on Rashford. I mean, you know, lots of people pointing in the chat. that He's obviously he's had these injuries as well, um, and and has still been returning points. I'm not I'm not denying that he's a quality player. I just wonder. I think he's got work to do to get back into the team. I don't think he just comes straight back in as soon as he's fit, and that's mm. the end of Greenwood. That's 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 the only point I was trying to make. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so Rafina, I love Rafina. I think he's one of the most talented players in the league by far. That's my disclaimer. FPL wise, doesn't deliver. He doesn't deliver. And he just hasn't, he didn't deliver all of last season, really, not when we needed him to. And he started this season again, not really delivering. And I wonder, I think he's going to, might be used a bit differently with Dan James coming in. I think we might see him in more central areas. And we be interested to see what that does to his FPL impact or whether... Be also, you you think he's going to stay out on the right don't you where he's yeah. you know he can, he can be a bit more tricky and a bit more direct mm-hmm. if he stays out on the right i don't think he's as good as everyone makes out he is
1: fpr wise so i don't i wouldn't put him top of my list
2: well, the, as the, my model, the,
1: the as model the only thing is, is is if you look at leeds fixtures so after liverpool game week 4 it's newcastle away west ham at home watford at home southampton away wolves at, at home they are very strong fixtures, right? Mm. And and that is why, you know, if going back to the models over the next four, he's he's coming out on top. I mean, I think Ravina does the, deliver, but he delivers, you know, he got one double figure return in what was a very good debut season.
2: Right? The the issue with Ravina, and the thing that means I can't say, and that's as much as I've got against him, is price is just so good. And like 6'5", yeah. like he's in the bracket of, players where he doesn't need to go crazy every week he just needs to do well one week okay the next and stuff and yeah. like he's obviously got the talent to be able to do that and and you know his stats have, have, have consistently been good so it's hard to really build a case from him but I'm just I'm just I want to see a bit I just want to see a bit more from him i see a bit more from
1: him yeah I mean I must admit I watched him in the Burnley game and he disappointed me he, he kind of was a bit more peripheral than I thought he would be. He's the kind of player who should be demanding the ball and coming central more, dropping deep to the influence play, and he wasn't doing that enough. I don't fear him like I no, do like no, other, other players, you
2: yeah. know.
1: If you don't have him, you don't fear him. You no. don't feel that he's explosive and he's not. He's got one he had that one double figure return at Newcastle. And it's interesting because if you look at the the ticker, it, it is gonna be the Newcastle away game, game week five, that I'm looking to get him in. And that's I had him in that game last season and he returned double figures and that's the only time he did. Hmm. Um, And I do think that is a good fixture for him because I think on the break, Leeds will threaten Newcastle. Um, And, you know, that home crowd, Newcastle will have to attack. So I think that is a very good game for Leeds and Mathena. Um, But going back to the question um, that we were asked um, on Twitter, and that is Doctor Towers on Mount. Mount is one of the key players. And I was surprised where he turned up in this chart. So the the models like him. Mm. Um, I like him. He's fifth on sixteen point two over the next four game weeks, right? Yeah. And in, in his in minutes per xgi non penalty, which is also in our table, he's shown up really well. Like he's he's ranked top or it's second amongst the, the top ten here. It's the chances created, mm. and he, you know he created more chances than De Bruyne
2: last season. It he go, he goes massively underrated just how just how creative he is, and like like we've like we've said before, he he hasn't had Lukaku to aim at. So I'm I'm I see him as this kind of like steady, reliable player yeah. who's gonna very rarely get over double digit returns. But I think he's a better option than he was last year, and we should start to see more more from him.
1: But they're quite similar, I think, Rathina and Mount. Similar kind of yeah. players. Like you said, they're steady contributors of points. Yeah. They've got set pieces, they've got strikers in Bamford and Lukaku that they will feed and will convert. All right, Bamford misses some. But I think Mount will will there'll be an uptick in his performances and output as a result of Lukaku being there. How much, we don't know. We've got to wait and see. 7-5 versus 6-5. Yeah. And the fixtures at the moment are in Mufina's favour, but obviously we know from game week seven onwards, we probably do want to look at a second Chelsea attacker as well as Lukaku. Mm. And at the moment, Mount is probably my favourite option. Would I go early on him? I'm tempted, you know. I mean, his fixtures, on the what I've got here in the table is the... Rank for the next four, and Chelsea's are ranked down there on 16th. So their fixtures aren't particularly strong in the next four. If we if we bring them up here, they've got Villa at home, of course, but then Spurs and Man City before um, before Southampton come to the Bridge. So the Spurs and Man City games aren't great. But the thing is, with Mount with Lukaku there, I I still think there's return. You still look at it and think he can get a return in those games. Mm. Because yeah. the set plays, right? And it's the same with Rafinha in a way. Rafinha, you'd back to maybe get something against Liverpool because he's always creating and he's always, you know, a force on set pieces. Do you think he's completely nailed, Mount? Mount, yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, right? I mean, that,
2: I think he's... I just, I look at the z his pre-season and obviously got that injury and, and stuff. And I just wonder how where he's going to play, if anywhere. Uh, and then I look at Pulisic as well, and I just wonder if they put these t- these players in, maybe there is less of a space for Mount with Haberts there as well. But then I just think how much Mount gets picked, and I think actually he probably is fairly nailed and, and not really. To, he's gonna he's gonna play the majority, isn't he? He might get rested the old game, but well, I guess he's, 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 got- part, he's part he's part of the first eleven. Oh yeah, of course, sure.
1: and we've got a couple of Champions League games to kind of gauge that. I think. And I think that's what I'd want to see. I'd, I'd want a bit more time, perhaps. And I think game week seven is a perfect time to commit to Mount. Whether I'd go before, that might be a concern. But I, I think he's as nailed as any other Chelsea midfield.
2: I wish he'd had a good Euros. If he'd had a good Euros, I'd be really excited by him. But I feel a little bit flat when I think of him. Because he, he was maybe our worst player who started, started all the games in that sort of was Really, really disappointing. So yeah, I think that's put me off him a little bit, but I think from game week seven, he's still the one that I'd I'd pair with Lukaku. Yeah, but you wouldn't go now? You? Uh, I don't think so.
1: No, I don't think so. The the fixtures just aren't aren't aren't, that, aren't good enough. So going back to the question there, um, from Vishnev. Uh, Yota tours on Mount. I guess it would be Yota short term, yeah. and then you switch to Mount game week seven would be the way to go. I,
2: th- I think that's absolutely perfect. because yeah. that's might be when Firmino's coming back, and then you get the fixture on from Mount. So, yeah. yeah, that's my. But
1: I think just looking at this table again, it underlines the options we've got in midfield, which is why again, I think the mid price point um, you want four midfielders at least, if not five. Right, if I think if you're going to go three midfielders, you are limiting your ability to impact your team with transfers. Mm. Is, is again the point. Um, other players on this list, for example, we haven't even mentioned Ben Ramo, who perhaps isn't going anywhere until West Ham's European.
2: He blanks, so then everyone gets sick of it. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you don't see. There's so many wild cards I'm seeing now without him. without on.
1: Ben Ramo. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the Europa League is the doubt there because they got Vlasich now, and we expect rotation, right?
2: Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's still been part of a absolutely fantastic start. Mm. I, I'm trying, I'm trying not to look at players who are in form as 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 being risks. Like, I know we saw it with Mares where he was dropped after playing so well, but I do think there's. It would be very, very brave to drop Ben Rama like with the with the seat with the start that West Ham and he's had. You know, for at least a considerable thing. I think he would be quite pessimistic. Think, oh, I'm not going to get Ben Rama because he can't possibly continue this form, and there's going to be other mm. players that kind of come in. So. I'm trying not to look like that. If he's in form, he should be starting in the team and if he doesn't, then that's more of a surprise than if he than if he didn't play. So, no, I, I don't think I don't think there's any, any real worry about his, his minutes. Uh, maybe maybe he might come off a bit earlier than the normal. Now there's a bit more rotation there, but you'd have still picked him if Lingard had signed, for example.
1: Yeah, I guess I so. I guess, again, we need time, don't we, to see how... I, I don't think... I think it's going to be Bowen who gets rotated. Bowen and yeah. everyone else, probably, who who are the victims of the Vlasic arrival, but
2: and the partnership between Antonio and Benrama is yeah, so there, evident, it? so obviously strong. Like to take one of them out of the team now just, just seems like all the all the work they've done building the
1: chemistry between them would be undone. So But you're right, I'm seeing wild cards without him, which is, you know Yeah, most is, most most wild cards I've I've seen them I in. Mean, yeah. We're yeah. we're losing patience. And what's it what well, I think what's interesting when I did this study of, of, of the models is the players that the models don't pick out that are proving popular or would be targets. And we look right down the list and it's and it's you know, Damari Gray. And, mm. and to an extent Connor Gallagher, right? The models don't like those two players because there's no there's no pass, there's no consistent returns from these players. So there's no data on which the models can reliably predict big returns for them. I mean, not all the models are the same. I think FBL Review had uh, Gray slightly higher than the other two. Um, so all the models are different. But consistently, it, it's these players who show short-term form, mm. we saw it with Lingard last season, that you can't rely on the models to spot. The models are much better at telling you which of the consistent players to go for in any period. So, you know, they're they're obviously looking at, in this period, Jota and Greenwood as players that they recommend because of the fixtures, because of the past, and because, you know, the track record of those players that the models predict. But someone like Gray, who suddenly appears as an option and or in some wildcards, isn't fancied by the model, and Mm. that's what we'd expect to see. So you've got to be careful how you use these, and I think that's where they're limited, right? Well, it's completely why. and you know it's the same argument I keep having with,
2: with people on Twitter who are so obsessed with these models. Well, who these models don't win FPL, do they? And a the perfect example last year was Gundogan. Gundogan's role completely changed, and when a player's role changes, and models are basing things on maybe previous stats and previous performance and stuff, you need to be able to separate that out from what you're seeing on the pitch. And Lingard was a perfect example. Gundogan's a perfect example. We see we see changes in players, or in in formations, or in the way you know confidence as well. As well that indicates that these players can certainly be good picks so i i use these i mean i'm, I'm a big stats man but to, you know i use them the same way as you to validate decisions but you've got to watch games and you've got to see how, how players are on the pitch and not just base everything on this and, yeah. I'll, and I'll fight that to my death
1: no i think you're right because I, I mean i used to look after the rate my team model um for scout right so i used to work with chris in maintaining that and updating it and i often had issues where i was like you know that a player could show form for three or four weeks but the mm. model doesn't like them and then when we publish the latest data we get questions about well how come this player only got and I have to go well that's because the model hasn't yet kind of recognised that short term yeah, form yeah. right? and that's it, right? it, it it's, you can't really have a model that adjusts that quickly uh, it doesn't work like that um, so it's forgivable it's not something we should criticise the models for short term form you don't go to the models for that you have mm. to use other sources, whether that be, you know, your own you know, interpretation of data, or more likely the eye test, right? And and that's yeah. where the eye test wins out, I think. But it's only a set few examples each season. We picked that Gunderworn Lingard, and Gray is doing it again at the moment, right?
2: Interesting one is is Traore as well, because yeah. we all we know from the eye test that he can't finish. <laughs> we, we've we've known that for ages, and I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how long you know if he if he scored two goals against um, Watford and then you know suddenly started to find his humours. So I wonder how long it would take the model to adapt for that. You know, now kind of because it'd be bringing the his XG back in line with what he's performing, right? Because at the moment there's such a difference between that. Huge, that yeah. That's why he's that's why he's ranked so low. If the models were purely based on XG, he'd be right up there as one of the one of the top you know top predicted scoring players, and we all would be getting him. But because it's Traore, we're a bit more hesitant,
1: yeah. The model we're suggesting he's not a player we can trust. Like the minutes per XGI non penalty, 124.8, it's the best on show in this table,
2: yeah. But he's only, and that's good because I agree,
1: <laughs> yeah. But the is... I think the model is correct. I don't think we can presume no. returns from him. So I think, I think here the models are, are working yeah. really well, but that's because it's Trey is a player the models know very well. Damari Gray hasn't been in the Premier League for a few seasons, yeah. right? So it's less. Um, interestingly, on Green Arrow, Fergie said that he thinks Trey is going to get four attacking returns in the next eight, and I think Adam's taking him up on that bet. What do you think of that? Would you take that bet? Four returns in the next I th- eight. I
2: think he'll get four in the
1: next eight. Oh, okay, interesting. I, I
2: think he'll get four in the next eight just from sheer volume of well, this is stuff it. that he's doing. Yeah. Surely like four, you, four assists in eight wouldn't be an amazing.
1: You throw return. enough against the wall, something
2: will stick. Right? <laughs> well, exactly. It's it like yeah.
1: that for away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he is a, an anomaly, isn't he? Incredible player in so many ways. And yet, I've never known a player of his ability to lack that final pull up no. so much. It's crazy. It's- Tadic
2: gets, gets close. Remember, his stats he always used to be absolutely outrageous. And he hit the, he hit the odd like, 16, 20 point hole, didn't he? But a lot of the time, he was like top of all of the, like the tables and everything, and never really did it. But I mean, he he's doing in- it. He's doing it now. To
1: be fair, um, yeah. But Traore is in wild cards, right? Yeah, I know. He's going yeah. to be in one we look at later. Well, the the, the, the problem with Traore is um is well the, the good thing about Traore
2: is is Jimenez and Jimenez is difficult to fit in when you've got Calvert Lewin, Lukaku, Ronaldo, and Antonio. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to tap into the Wolves' attack, it's Traore as the next option. I I still like Trinka. I think Trinko. I haven't seen Trinko in a single team. I still think he's he's a good pick yeah. as well. And I think he's got more end product in him than Traore. Yeah, so I, I, to- be I totally agree do better.
1: But again, it's like, these are the fun players. These are the players you get in for mm. a couple of weeks and hope for the best. And that's why you want at least four midfield slots. Um, yep. I'll say it again and again until it sinks in. But yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel about that. Going back to the questions, the next two are going to be on the captain, So we're going to look at them a bit later. Um, but for now, we're going to look at our predictions uh, for the weekend for game week four. And this is where we stand at the moment. And I noticed that I've crept ahead as on the uh, on the outcomes. Still at fifty percent. You've down to forty-seven. It's one. Way, one way, it's one. Yeah. One in it. Yeah, fifteen to fourteen <laughs> correct outcomes so far. Uh, I'm on four correct scores to your two. But you're beating me on clean sheets again. You did this last season. I can't figure out how you're doing that. Why clean sheets? You're better at than me. I need to figure I, that out. that has got to be I, a reason. I, I don't know either. We'll I can't see. even. Yeah. No idea it's was, it was consistent with last season's form though that's for sure. sure uh, game week fixtures then uh, let's start uh, with Crystal Palace and Spurs which is a 12-30 kick not really a garden centre game I think we want to watch this one but I, I I don't predict a thrilling encounter particularly if Son doesn't play I've gone 1-0 you've gone with a Palace win I've Palace
2: win yeah I've gone with a Palace win I think Gallagher's a, a player and I think we wanted to see some signs from from um, you know Palace and Vieira that they could get something and, and they played well Against against West Ham, so I think this could be this could be a bit of a wake up call for Spurs, and I think a wake up call for Spurs is coming because they've had three one nil wins, not really performed amazingly well in in any of the games. Kind of done what they needed to. Okay, against City, maybe that's a bit harsh. They were they were brilliant in that game, um, but very very lucky against Wolves, for example, and lucky against Watford too. So I think there's a yeah, I mean a draw maybe. I think there's a, there's a wake up call coming, and I, I just wonder if it might be this game.
1: Yeah, and I also think Palace have shown enough to suggest they've got a bit about them. And they've got Mm. Edouard in as well. I presume he's going to be in line for debut. so That will lift them. They'll have somebody who can can finish in central areas. They've not had that for a while. Um, You know, how quickly is he going to get up to speed? We don't know, but he, he should be a factor this season for them. And Gallagher, you're right, he's on a high, so... They've it's, suddenly got options, haven't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely. If Son's fit, though, I think this could be a, a different. Guy. I'm kind of running with the assumption that yeah. Son's going to be going to be out. If he's fit, then I think Spurs are pretty. Although
1: Son to hasn't scored at Palace in six outings, I think I read. He's, he's got a really poor record at, at Palace. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Different, different Palace side, I guess. A bit more expansive, maybe a bit more space. than Under Hodgson. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think they're more, side. I think
1: they're more enterprise than under Varela, right? So I think they're going mm. to be a more exciting team to watch. So when they're on telly, I think I'm going to watch them this season. I expect more from them. Um, Arsenal Norwich. Not sure i have watched this one though. Oh, <laughs> We're both on one nil because I, I think you see the same as me, right? You've this being a quite an attritious game where both teams are on edge, and in the end, Arsenal nick it, right? That's all
2: yeah, I see. yeah. I just, I mean, is, I've seen a few people mentioning a Bammyang lately. And yeah. Thinking maybe maybe he's a he's a kind of a one week punt to, to bring in. Um, I mean, Arsenal should win it. Uh, I think Norwich have been they've been okay They played, but they're you know both of them are, are trying to avoid the record of the worst start to a season ever I think if one of these teams loses by three goals or more they'll have the worst ever start to a Premier League season Um because they both obviously got beaten 5-0 by Man yeah, City Yeah, so yeah so Arsenal you know obviously you want to avoid that if they lose 3-0 to Norwich that'd be a complete disaster but you, you've got to think Arsenal are, are going to win this even even though they've been poor
1: yeah, and that's what I'll go with, but I don't I just don't see it being open game. I think it's gonna be very edgy indeed. No. So I'll go to one 0 We're we're differing on the next one. Brentford, Brighton. You're going for Brighton win again. I, y you're you know, you really are showing some bias in with the Brighton predictions this season so far. Pantium do you?
2: Well, we've been all right, except for against Everton, where we just let Damari Gray run through and, and score. Uh, you know, we we I was I was worried about that game. I, I put us down for a draw, but never really felt particularly good about it. It's a game that we should we should win, right? It's a newly promoted team. Um, you know, they're still kind of adjusting to life in the Premier League, and mm. we've been playing well. So I just can't believe we didn't sign a striker. I just I just don't know what. And then you see Edouard going to Palace for like 15 million, and it's like we were linked with him all summer. Mm. Like, why haven't they just signed him? Maybe he didn't want to come, but. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna back Brighton to have a bit too much for Brentford. I, but I think. I think it, Brentford I, will
1: score. I see it the other way. I, I mean, i that home game against Arsenal. We saw how much the crowd lifted Brentford, and they performed really well in that game. They could and should have, probably scored more goals from open play. I mean, they, in the end, they relied on the long throw for the second goal, but they had chances. So I, yeah, I think they're going to continue to surprise us. I'm going for one nil. Uh, Leicester, Man City. We're both in agreement here. We only see one result. You see Leicester scoring. I, I don't see a Leicester goal coming. in
2: this. Well, game. the only reason I see a Leicester goal is because Edison's out and yeah. Stefan's out and it's probably going to be Scott Carson playing in goal. Good
1: old Scott Carson.
2: Good old Scott Carson. I mean, he saved a penalty last season. I don't think he's, in, he's, in, he's, in, he's even in the game uh, at the Did moment. Did you see someone on so, Twitter
1: said that Scott Carson is the um, oldest 36-year-old they've ever seen and even Mark on FBL Black Bolts looks younger at 50? <laughs> I saw that. I didn't like that.
2: I must. Yeah, like that. he is. He, you compare him to like uh, Ronaldo, the same age. You he's said, had yeah, an easy a...
1: life as well. Yeah, exactly. Look, yeah. He's had an easy life on the bench for a week after <laughs> week, and yeah, he does look like he's is been that, through the, the winger.
2: Is that is that thing he did for England when he just let the ball go go through him? I think that's yeah. what that's what did him in.
1: Yeah. No, I I didn't factor. in. I mean, I made these predictions 24 hours ago. I didn't factor in the Brazilians missing for City. I I still back a two 0 I just I, I don't know about I. I I don't like Leicester this season. I, I just haven't seen anything from them that excites me yet. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing... Barney looks more lively. They need the two up top again. They need to go back to be playing an Anac- that I, I Anac- think so. And I, I think, until I, they I do, they I'm not do. buying in. You
2: know? Yeah, I think they absolutely do. And and am just going to keep beating the drummers. I don't know what that means for Barnes. And, and this... Yeah, I don't know if Rogers really knows what to do with, with that. I think it was quite easy for him when Barnes was out and Ian actually Atch- was playing well. And now he's... I just can't believe he actually isn't playing, hasn't started the season after how good he was.
1: You say it almost every week until, Bart, do. until he gives in and Rogers plays him. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be controversial. I've gone 1-0 United. <laughs> I have to, right? I'm have to. I i not going Ronaldo, so I can't go, oh, 5-0, because then I'll be going, why not get getting Ronaldo then? You know, it's madness. So I've got I, I, to, I, my theory here is, like I said earlier, that I think it's going to take a bit of time. And Newcastle will turn up with a five-man defence and have no interest in whatsoever in counter-attacking. I don't think Callum Wilson's going to play. I think he's out. I don't think they're going to carry much of a goal threat other than Sam Maxman, who'll probably play out front on his own and try and beat United defenders on the break. That about the only threat they're going to carry. You kind of know how Bruce is going to play it. Um, And I think the occasion might get to United a bit and they might get frustrated, but they'll nick one. That's what I'm going with. You're going for a landslide victory, right? Oh, no, they batter them. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, your theory is is stronger than mine. I give you that.
2: They've got better players in just about every position. They're at home, of course. They've just signed. It's Ronaldo, and Newcastle are crap. So they'll battle them by all logic. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you mentioned the you, <laughs> me, you mentioned the team data. Let's just look at Newcastle on that. This is the team data so far, and and looking at minutes per xg non penalty, Newcastle were third from bottom. Behind Burnley and Arsenal. Um, they have conceded a chance every 5.4 minutes. Um, only Burnley and Arsenal have conceded chances more frequently. No, Spurs have actually as well. That'll be the City game. So, yeah, the data suggests that Newcastle yeah, don't have a defence that's going to stand up to it,
2: right? The thing is, he's going to set them up so defensively as well. Yeah, well Wilson's, it. Wilson's out, isn't he? Yeah. He's going he's gonna to just massively look to frustrate, but they've just got players that can unlock them. Like Fernandez, Sancho. Greenwood's going to be playing. Like, they're just going to have I, way I know, too much. but
1: my, my theory is if Ronaldo starts, it, I mean, everything's about Ronaldo, isn't it? Everything's about we've got to get him the goal, right? They're going to start thinking we've got to feed Ronaldo and it'll happen. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know what to expect. It's, it's, that's what's really fascinating. We, I don't know how United adjust to having a player like Ronaldo in their team. I don't know if it's seamless and he just slots in and everything comes together and they win three or four nil. I think there's every chance that it's like sixty-eight minutes and it's still nil-nil. When's this goal going to come? I think that could yeah. happen. And that's maybe,
2: my maybe. I, I, I'm not buying it. No, of course <laughs> not. Fair enough. Um, if he start, if he starts, Ronaldo scores without a doubt. I'd bet any money on it.
1: Oh, I might take that bet. Yeah, yeah, I might take that bet. We'll we'll settle on the sum afterwards. <laughs> Have a charity I, bet I, coming. I, I think. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I, I, yeah. Uh, hence the 1-0 I think Greenwood gets the goal but we'll see uh, Sainz and West Ham both gone 2-1 you've gone 2-1 I've gone 3-1 and mm. it's interesting when we get to the captaincy because um, there's a lot of talk this week about why are we taking our eyes off Antonio for the captaincy and I think that's a very good point and I think West Ham win this convincingly mm.
2: yeah it's just the quality of, of other premium options with good fixtures Lukaku, Ronaldo and Salah and are we quite ready to to it's not because it's not just Antonio, right? If it's Antonio playing for you, okay, not United. If it's Antonio playing up front for Chelsea, you know, then that's that's one thing. But it's still West Ham. And I still think reliability-wise, backing the the better teams with better players has to be the way to go. Because, I mean, like everyone was expecting West Ham to do over Palace, right? That was, I think we had 2-0, 3-0. No one really expected them to do anything. And, and Palace turned up and and, you know, really took the game to West Ham. So I don't think West Ham are quite ready to be considered as like, you know, per captains Not not when the options with the premiums are as mm. strong as they are this week.
1: Would you think it'd be different if like Antonio was priced more? Because we know in the past we've been blinded by the fact that it's a 7-5 option, it's a 6-5 option, and despite the form, we don't back them. I think even when Mahrez and Vardy were performing for Leicester, it took a while for us to come round to that. Mm. Do you think that plays a part in as well? If he was a 10 million forward, would be... We- We'll be backing more often
2: no uh, i don't know this i mean this you could say the same with like gundo in last season right like when he was like six 6.5 million six point five he was really captain by people but then he i think it was a double game week and then he was one of the highest i don't know personally i i try not to care mm. too much about about that kind of thing i think the premium players play for better teams i i don't think you can really discredit that i think there's, there's a time and a place to captain a, a non-premium asset who tend to be more reliable and play for better sides and I think last week was perfect because we weren't really sure about the others but this week there are three teams with fixtures that mm. I prefer to this one OK
1: it's interesting right? maybe we just mm. go back to that comfort too often and overlook players and I think Antonio's very very decent um, tip for the captain as we look at when we look at the data what for Wolves didn't have been in here you've gone for the away win obviously Traore to deliver one of his four attacking returns in the next eight <laughs> <laughs> yep. Jimenez he's maybe getting, if he's allowed he's to g- play I don't think Inter- he is, though. Jimenez is out, isn't he? Uh, I haven't seen it confirmed. Think I think that's the, Is it confirmed? I think I've playing? seen in chat earlier that there was something confirmed on that. So. Interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, that obviously... I just think Wolves are, have been playing too well not to, not to get a, a win soon. And if they lose to Watford, that would be bad. I mean, Watford have had a really strange start. I mean, mm. Wolves have been consistently good, but not got any points whereas Watford played really well against Villa and then were absolutely dreadful mm. against Brighton and then put in a decent defensive performance against Spurs. So I'm just not really sure what we're going to get from them, whereas I've seen consistently three games the Wolves are capable yeah. of, of scoring. So, yeah, I'm just backing them. To
1: yeah, I think there'll be goals in this, but I'm going off the basis that Watford, are, we know coming up from the championship, they were very strong at home. And I think what we saw against Villa was that. I've been, they were they were just so passive in their two away yeah. games. I'm hoping because I've got Sar, that we see something of the Villa game in this home game. And I think Wolves Wolves defensively have surprised me. I thought they'd be open, as you yeah, do. Yeah, me too. That hasn't been the case. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to go 2-1 here, just for the fun of it. I've do. i I've got to tip my man Sar to get something. Uh, Chelsea-Villa, 3-0 for me. You've gone 2-0. Again, bias with Lukaku. I've gone for the bigger win. It probably does depend on whether Lukaku plays. I think he does. Mm. Um, I don't see a reply from Villa because they're attacking data so far, as suggested they're. They're carrying very minimal threat right now.
2: They're carrying very minimal threat and they're losing Buendia for this game. So mm. their main creative hub is now not playing. And they're losing Martinez, who is the only chance they've got of keeping some of the Chelsea shots out.
1: <sighs> they've got no chance. Yeah, and they're playing against the best defence in the league Sorry. possibly, right?
2: So. Sorry, Villa fans. They've Villa have Villa been poor attacking-wise. They're losing two key players and they're playing the most informed team in the league. So, yeah. No, no yeah. way they're going to win this. But it's the Premier League, so they probably will win. <laughs> that tends to be what happens. No, right. I
1: don't see it. I think this is... If I was picking a result here for a banker, it would be this one. Yeah, definitely. Same. Yeah. yeah. That's the famous last words, isn't it? Yeah, that'll that's going be... Gonna be that's, that'll be cut that's out. That's what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Leeds, Liverpool. Look at this. We've gone for an absolute thriller on the Sunday. Uh, it's the only game we're getting on Sunday, but what a good one. Uh, I've gone 2-0. You've gone the 3-2 Liverpool. Yeah, I'm, I'm of the same mind in that I think this will be and all out. So I see Liverpool taking the lead and Leeds pegging them back as we saw against Everton. Mm.
2: Yeah, really, really interesting one. And I think, I, I do wonder if Liverpool are going to, they've got some quite key injuries and, and suspensions and you know, if Fabinho's going to be out and stuff. And mm. I think they've got, they got the Champions League as well that they want to start thinking about. They've got a tough group as well. So I just think, you know, maybe they, they, they might have one eye on that or they might make some, some interesting like first 11 decisions. Maybe Simakas comes in for Robertson, for example. Because obviously Robertson's played quite a lot internationally, and then you know he's going to be back for the Champions League, so we might see a bit of a change up Liverpool side, and then and then Leeds can kind of maybe take advantage of that. So
1: no, Allison, maybe right if if that ban is upheld, Alisson's absolutely, exactly. massive loss. That's them. what I mean.
2: That's what I mean. Go- they they could have some some real key people missing from this game. So I just think even even with a second string side, they should
1: still have enough for Leeds. And Leeds, Leeds have been fairly disappointing so far. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, I don't right. I. I- I, I'm well into Leeds still. I, I, It's interesting because, you know, I'm probably going to go Bamford next week with my transfers uh, and I may well double with Athena as well. I just think the fixtures are so strong and I haven't lost faith in Leeds at all. I, I'm a big Bielsa believer, so I I that's think it, we'll that's see. That's by
2: United, like, yeah, okay, spells did last against season. Everton and then poor, poor against Burnley, really
1: poor. They weren't just okay against Everton. They played well against Everton. They were poor at Burnley, though, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, but I, I think we'll see something in this game ahead of their good fixtures to make us go, hello, we do need we do hmm. need at least one of their players over that one. So we'll see. Um, and finally, uh, if a garden centre is open on Monday night at 8 o'clock, I'll have a look. I don't think Squires is open that late. I would, I this would is your garden centre I would consider it. I, I, I think this would be pretty dull. Um, I have predicted a 2-0, so have you. That's almost like a default result, though. Um I don't know I'm not uh, while I'm convinced on Leeds that they will come good I'm yet to be convinced by this positive Everton that we've seen uh, and this Calvert-Lewin train I have still I have got more questions about Everton than I have Leeds at the moment but I'm still backing a 2-0 win because Burnley are poor I think no no team's conceded more
2: headers or more shots in the box than Burnley this season and Everton have got a system which is perfectly suited to get balls into the box and hit win and Calvert-Lewin to Win headers. So he I starts. think I think if Calvert-Lewin starts he could potentially be a captaincy consideration to make. He's the only one outside I think of the main the main
1: three. It's very um, interesting you would say that because when we get to the data there's there's a lot to support yeah. that view. Yeah.
2: He's he's the one and and I think you know
1: if Calvert-Lewin is
2: past fit, I think that gives me. I can easily move things to Calvert-Lewin and not have to take all these elaborate hits that I'm that I'm thinking of, and that might be something that I I think about doing. What
1: do you think, Sean Dyche thinks of the Brazilian um, Footballer Federation for letting Charlotte play because they're out of a favour? Do you think, I mean that if you're Sean Dykes, you can imagine him, can't you? Oh yeah mm. it's, yeah, it would yeah. be blues for that one. Oh yeah thanks Brazil thanks for that it's let, very, let him very, off because you scratched that back it's very strange button. isn't it it's it's really yeah, odd, it's, yeah.
2: I think it's, it's to do with the Olympics isn't it because he did the Olympics and he performed well but it's favouritism right yes, no matter you, know you look
1: at it we'll scratch yours yeah it's, it's crazy very very odd I mean this is why perhaps they haven't got a leg to stand on if Premier League mm. test Yeah, if they try and push on that we'll see as we record this at the moment Richarlison plays and the other Brazilians don't but we'll have to see what happens uh, I want to just go back to those questions before we look at the... No, let's look at the captain matrix first. This is looking ahead at the captaincies um, over the next four game weeks uh, at the moment. And Ronaldo has been installed as my favourite. I thought I said Bondon. I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> Ronaldo's in there oh, yeah. as the favourite captain. I, I reluctantly put him in over Lukaku and put Lukaku as the differential choice. That's um,
2: very big of you, Mark.
1: I think that's fair enough. I think that's fair enough. I think I think that will be the way that majority go. Obviously, personally... If Lukaku's fit, I think he will outscore Ronaldo in game week four.
2: But. So if you had Ronaldo and Lukaku your team, you'd still pick Lukaku? If both were starting?
1: Yeah. Oh, I, think I, I think I would. I think I would, because I just think Martinez missing for Villa is a big factor. I think Chelsea are already set up to play with Lukaku, because they've had two games of him already. He's had time in the team, he's had time of training. Ronaldo. It's although it's it's a Ronaldo. It's such an unknown. We said there's no data, there's no eye test. We're just presuming he goes straight in, and because he's the greatest of all time, imma- immediately he gets a goal on his debut. I'll make two bets
2: with you. It's assumptions if you like, for, yeah. for charity. Ten pounds each. Yep. Firstly, if both start, Ronaldo outscores scores Lukaku. Right. And secondly, that includes Ronaldo.
1: assists as well, does it? Because yeah. Ronaldo doesn't get assists. That's yeah, includes
2: okay. outscores FPL wise. And secondly, if Ronaldo starts, he scores.
1: Okay, well, yeah. both are going to come in, aren't they? For me, I think. I think. I, I. I. I think Lukaku is more likely to score, and I think Lukaku's got assists, so I think he outscores him. Cool. That's, I'm uh, literally putting your money. Yeah, your <laughs> I will do. I will do. This is we're taking a bet out. Uh, we're taking a leaf out of um, Adam and, and Fergie's book here, and having bets. So maybe we should do this every week. Maybe start betting with them as well. Um, okay, so uh, elsewhere, though, for this week, um, we're going to look at the captains in a minute. But looking forward, uh, you know, talking about Antonio, I, I've now installed him as a differential captain almost every week. I think it's only one game week where he's got a tough fixture, that he's not on there now. And it's quite interesting. The differentials are quite strong every week. Like There's lots of options there all the way through. So I think even if you don't have Ronaldo and you don't fancy Salah, are some decent options available anyway mm. going forward um, you know I, I do think with the Leeds fixtures improving I think Bamford's going to become a factor from game week six and seven um, I think game week six is very interesting with Villa at home for Ronaldo and Salah or Brentford away I think that's really close where, mm. where are you going there say you've got Ronaldo are you going with Salah or are you going to go Ronaldo there
2: <sighs> it, that, is a, that is a very tricky one because mm. um, I mean Brentford have well, both, both Bradford and Villa have both been fairly decent defensively as well. Villa have been really blunt in attack, but defensive numbers, I believe, are, are quite good. I think I would go for Salah.
1: Yeah. The,
2: the Martinez factor, I think. Yeah. I'll see if you go there.
1: It. But even in that week, I mean, I've, I've, I've highlighted Calvert-Lewin at home to Norwich, right? You talk about defences who can't defend headers. Norwich mm. are really weak in that respect. And they came into the uh, Premier League with a weak record for Errol Jules from the Championship. And we saw what Antonio did to them when they're faced with a striker who's very direct, very muscular, good in the air. Garrett Lewin could really get a hole against Norwich. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns out to be a really strong differential in that week. And for Game Week 5, I've looked at Torres at home to Southampton and we talk about, well, we don't trust Torres now. But if he doesn't feature in the Champions League game, I think he looks good in that game where to start and if you've Absolutely. got him you captain him right maybe
2: maybe yeah it's just a Salah Palace game isn't it but I mean mm. if, if Palace put in another good performance against Spurs then I kind of still got Palace as this kind of whipping boy type thing but that West Ham game I thought oh actually there's something about this team that I quite like that I really well, I say I really wanted to see not from a Brighton rival perspective but from an FPL perspective i like to see teams with a bit of potential and I think Gallagher's definitely got that so yeah I think if Palace put in a good performance and then Torres is, misses out like you say I think it would be very tempting. That's kind of yeah. not ideal for us if we don't go for him and, and that does transpire because then we will have the fear, I think, with a Man City 7 million guy playing up front against Southampton at home.
1: Yeah. That's where the wildcarders, if they go with him, have got that option. Yeah. I, I just think it's great. I think what Lukaku and Ronaldo have done as well, and we haven't really touched on this yet, is they've thrown the captaincy wide open now. And mm. for, for once, it's not just about Salah and Bruno now. Um, arguably Bruno might come out of the argument now but Salah's going to stay in it Ronaldo and Lukaku are definitely going to be in it and we hope eventually one of the City boys comes in as well Mm. and then that's without considering the likes of Antonio, Calvert-Lewin and Bamford who I think actually will show enough consistency to edge themselves into the conversation as well so I think the captaincy this year is going to be is really really good shape absolutely him.
2: and and I mean game week five for example I mean if, if Ronaldo does look good against Newcastle and your fears of him not really selling in and or whatever uh you know LA, then then he he becomes a, it's Salah versus Ronaldo I think for a lot of people in in that game because at the moment it's Salah but I think easily if I had Ronaldo and he does well against Newcastle West Ham are leaky so I'd probably I'd probably favour him. If, if I see enough good signs Yeah, size it's
1: from, interesting. From... How quickly does Ronaldo become perma Exactly. Like, we talked about it last week and we looked at his record against the top six. And yet, because it's Ronaldo, I don't think it takes very much for people to go, I'm putting it on him every week.
2: I don't when he just leaps not. in the air and scores a header in like the 15th minute and you think, oh yeah, I remember. He's actually really, when, really good at football. He? <laughs>
1: when Jamal LaSales puts him in his back pocket for the entire night, <laughs> what am I saying?
2: <laughs> This is a hell of a hill to die on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what is interesting, when we get to game week seven, that's when Lukaku really comes in. He's got those five games and then we'll see if, if we can break his monopoly of the Cats Because I yeah. think it is difficult to look beyond Chelsea over those five, but we get to that in later weeks. The, the,
2: ne- the next like, three game weeks are so crucial because at the moment, everyone's just penciling in Ronaldo to Lukaku for game week seven. Mm. But if Ronaldo are gets six goals in the next I three, know. who's, who's going to be making that move? You're not going to be selling Salah.
1: I know, it's going to be great. It's going to yeah. be great to get to that point and see whether or not people can make that. I mean, I've, I've died on that hill already. I'm going Lukaku, I've got him in early. But I'll be watching everybody else to see if they get to seven and still make that switch. Really, really interesting. Absolutely. Go back to the questions, because there were two on the captaincy. If you don't own Ronaldo or Lukaku going to go in four, who's the best captaincy out of option out of Salah and Antonio? We're going to look at that in a minute. Would you consider Captain Bruno and... Yeah, Mo Hafiz, um it was special agent after the previous one, Mo Hafiz says, is Antonio now in the captain mix with big boys like Salah, Bruno and Kane? And we've talked about that already. And as mm. we look at the data for game week four, he very much is, right? So what we're showing here is the captain candidates. We're sorting by minutes per XGI non-penalty so far. It is only three weeks data, right? So again, we've got to caveat this. How much can you rely on three weeks data to select your captain? But there's no doubt Antonio's record outside of the... Of, with the stats, four goals, four assists, a shot every sixteen point eight minutes. West Ham confident, Ben Rama and Antonio confident. He goes to Southampton. He's got to be a candidate, hasn't
2: he? Yeah, I mean he is. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see people go for him under sort of any, any other circumstance. But like, I, like I said, I just think when you've got top teams playing in sides where you're expecting goals, I just think the potential for them to Again, it comes down to if Southampton win that game one nil, you're not that surprised. Whereas if Villa win one nil against Chelsea, it's like the biggest shock like of the last five years because of the the options they've got. So I think you've got to favour the fixture where there's less chance of a major surprise, and that's what the premium options give you. I think. Mm. So I, I I don't know if, if if it was tougher games, I'd say absolutely like it was last week. But for me, it's still it's still those premiums. I, I'd, I'd be captaining Salah over Antonio any day this this week.
1: Yeah, OK. I mean, I think Calvert-Lewin makes a case, though. Not so much for his data. He's had a shot every 22.5 minutes. He's had two penalties, of course, so his minutes per XGI and non-penalty is 150.3, which is below the likes of Torres, Antonio and Lukaku going into the game week um, because two of his goals have been penalties, right? But what supports Calvert-Lewin's case is Burnley's defensive record mm. so far. Um, and we look in the lower table here. They've conceded a shot every 5.1 minutes, which is um, only, I think Arsenal got a worse record than that. Uh, minutes per XG conceded on penalty 44.7, the worst amongst the captain candidates' opposition. Yeah, I mean, we've gone 2-0 Everton, but it could be more, couldn't it? So Calvert-Lewin, if he's fit, he could be a great option.
2: Yeah, and like Burnley have got this reputation as being this really strong kind of defensive side, but they're kind of not really at the moment. And... It's especially with crosses as well, they seem to really be struggling, even though they've got, you know, kind of such good in the air defenders and they have been for a while. Like they don't score that many set piece goals, even though everyone thinks they kind of do. And I wonder how good Tarkowski and me actually are kind of in the air with and with things. You look at numbers like this, you think, well, actually teams have worked out. They can create a lot of chances kind of this way. So I think this is a, this is a really, really tough game mm. for, for Burnley. And I just think they're playing a team where they've just got this you know in the bag it be interesting when they play United eventually if, if, if United's crossing is, is up to speed and they've got Ronaldo you've got to think they're going to have a big old win against them as well
1: you'd think wouldn't you you'd be mad I not so. to think that <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I mean obviously what I've highlighted there in the data is we have no data on Ronaldo right so we have nothing to go on whatsoever and yet you know I think anyone who's got him is going to catch him for game week four right Mark Mark it's Ronaldo <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm just gonna I I just can't wait until the data starts coming in and we and we see how it compares. because um, then the speculation starts to diminish, right? And it becomes the IT test, we've seen it and we see it in the data. And I expect Ronaldo to be in this table every week, right? He's gonna be a captain candidate every single week, regardless of opposition, even against City, I expect. Yeah. So it'll be fascinating to see I, you know, how he compares to the players that are currently at the top, Lukaku and Antonio, because I don't think Lukaku and Antonio are going anywhere either. I think those two, are, in terms of XG, shots per minute, and goals and assists are going to be right up there all season. So, how will Ronaldo measure up to those? I, I think, think what, what the man. other thing I'm really looking forward
2: to is just what happens
1: to Fernandez
2: because there is just this universal mm. opinion that he's just not going to be a factor anymore. And he got an open play hat-trick two weeks ago. Hmm. So he's going to lose penalties. I've got absolutely no doubt about that. And I don't think he's going to justify being worth 12 million. But like you talk about getting rid of him for a hit before Newcastle and just suddenly not being a factor at all in our seasons. I mean, it'd be interesting if he, you know, say he does continue off where we left off in game week one and he's being consistent, consistently getting 10 points. The hell do we do then? Do we have to work Do we have to work him into our team somehow? Go before well, three well, this is
1: it. It's like, you know, they won that game, their first home game so convincingly. So do they put Ronaldo in the team and go? Well, oh, don't do what we did on the last home game. I know we mm. won. I know we won five one, but let's not do that. Let's change our game completely because we've got Ronaldo now. That doesn't make much sense, does it? Right. So I don't think that happens overnight. If you're Bruno and you think last time I played at Old Ho- Trafford, I got a hat trick. You're not suddenly going to go right. My job now is to feed Ronaldo at all costs and not <laughs> not get into the box. So I don't know. I mean, this is it. We're we're all presuming that's going to be the case that he's not going to make those runs like. And Greenwood's not going to part and allow him forward and get into the box because Ronaldo's mm. going to occupy that space. We don't know, but we're we're making a lot of assumptions. And, and I wonder—it's you know, it's
2: difficult. If anyone can can dig this stat out, I'll be impressed. How many times <laughs> has Fernandes assisted Ronaldo for Portugal?
1: Well, it's not good. Apparently, I don't know. I've only heard anecdotally that they they haven't yet clicked right as a pair. And and we know that Bruno obviously he didn't make the first 11 in the Euros, right? So he hasn't had a good time of it recently on the international stage. So I think it's difficult to judge when Bruno's been in and out of the team, maybe. I, d- I don't know. It, it, a lot of assumptions. And I, I, I want to see this work first. I want to see it prove that Bruno's going to become a shadow of the FBL asset yeah. he's been. Um, but having said that, I plan to get rid of him because I'm presuming without penalties. I was going to say, yeah.
2: imagine if you end up sticking with him after well, it the could start happen, of the season saying you didn't even want him. <laughs> I know.
1: I mean, I think if he has a good game against Newcastle and he, and he scores, it's going to be very difficult to suddenly go, well, no, he's not the player he was. I guess the, the black and white is the penalties. Nine goals from the penalty spot. Half of his output. Mm. If that's gone and we think it is, it's difficult to justify the 12 million. Yeah. In a one-off game, you can still provide. And I yeah, yeah. I I put this out there and I'm not going to bet this. I wouldn't be surprised if Fernandes outscores Ronaldo in game week four. That would be an outcome, wouldn't it? I hmm would be. not putting my money on that one, though. Oh.
2: <laughs> I would definitely take that bet if you were. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Okay, let's look at your team and see where your captaincy is at. And it currently, it is on Antonio, but that depends on whether you're taking this four or eight-point hit. Is it going to be an eight-point hit?
2: I'll leave it on. sorry, I didn't mean to leave it on Antonio. Uh... Well, the eight, the eight point hit would be Ings, Fernandez, and Simacas out for um, Calvert-Lewin, Calvert-Lewin, Ronaldo, Jota and one of Semedo or Tierney, you know, because, because of the good run. So I'm addressing the Simacas problem. I'm addressing the Ings fixture swing and I'm addressing the fact I think Fernandez is going to be less of an option. So, you know what I mean? It's it's an eight point hit, but really it's a four point hit to to get Ronaldo in and then a four point hit to get rid of Simacas, And I'd, I, I am literally looking at it like he's done really well for me and I can afford to spend those four points on dealing with that issue because this was the worst case scenario, right? The worst case scenario was Jota became a massive factor in our seasons. And we all talked about it at the start. And the blocking of Simacas is an issue, which I'm mm. happy to spend four points to to rectify if I need to. So that's the eight, that's the eight point here. Um, the four point here, uh, the other option, sorry, would just be to do wings to Calvert-Lewin. Mm. and trust you prefer Fernandes is going to outscore Ronaldo I
1: mean I I just think it's 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 crazy isn't it because I I only got Bruno in for game week four and yet there's so many Mm. managers here thinking getting rid of Bruno and and yes the penalties are a factor but you know he got a hat-trick from open play in the first game so he didn't need a penalty in that one and in the second home game we're all going let's get rid of Bruno because he hasn't got penalties anymore because Ronaldo is going to be in the team it's it's amazing how much it's shifted I know. on the basis Absolutely. of but it shows you what a special player Ronaldo is. I think only yeah. Ronaldo, perhaps Messi, could have done this to our yeah. thinking and scrambled our thinking so radically. Um, and it's testament to the player he is, right? Guess he was guess he, was guess
2: he was guess he was bench in their first game,
1: uh, Messi. Yeah. Well came off the bench. Maybe their manager <laughs> was stronger than Solskjaer was gonna be. Yeah, I think
2: that's probably right. The, the, yeah. the other thing, sorry, the other thing with my minus eight as well is it means I wouldn't have to play Veltman. I'm really not a fan of the double mm. Brighton double up away at Brentford and with Tony as well. So, yeah, the minus eight really does, you know, fix, it fix quite, a, okay, quite a whoa,
1: few issues. Okay. It's, so, we'll Salah's your captain if you don't hit, or would you go Calvert-Lewin? It would be close.
2: It would be close. And I know all I've been saying in this whole podcast is always go with the premium, but that Burnley fixture looks so ripe for Cavaloon. I think with the injury scares that he's mm. had, I think I'd probably play it safe yeah. and keep
1: it on Salah. But yeah, yeah, I might be tempted. I see that as well. Okay, I'm going to be intrigued to see what you do. I'm doing absolutely nothing because I'm banking my transfers for game week I get by. so
2: jealous when you do that.
1: Well, I think I, it's meant that this break has gone easy for me because I'm just like, well, I'm settled on this team. Um, salon and Bemo, of course, aren't players that I probably think long term, but Sar's got good fixtures now and they both got a home game. I think both Watford and Brentford can score in those home games and those two players could be in the mix, so I'll keep them. And Lukaku, obviously, I I committed to him before Ronaldo even arrived, right? So I'd made that move on the Monday night. Uh, and then, obviously, it all transpired Wednesday, Thursday, that Kane was staying at Spurs and Ronaldo was going yep. to United. So having committed to that, I think I've got to stay with it. And I'm okay with it because obviously the Martinez absence will help me, I think. And as long as Lukaku's fit, you've heard me tonight, I think he outscores Ronaldo. But we'll see. Mm,
2: we'll see. Interesting. You've got, you've got the same thing as me though. You've got the Brian defensive double up yeah. and, uh, and, and, a, and a Bremer player. It's not nice, is it? No, it's not. Like that.
1: That. But, I, I, you know, it's, it's it's going to happen over the season. And this is a, a, a weak team in terms of any depth because I've got Aylen and Simicas on the bench who probably do nothing for me. But, I'll have two transfers going into next week and then I can make that Fernandez move and it'll probably be Fernandez out for possibly Rafina, and then Bamford coming in for Perica and then that give me much more depth. And it'll give me two leads going into their fixture run. And of course, with Lukaku already in place for game week seven, I can then think about saving transfers to maybe double or treble on Chelsea ahead of that. That's the tactic. And then I don't need the wild card. And then I take mm. the wild card into fourteen yeah, and then I go so. back I go to Ronaldo yeah, yeah. then. That's the, that's the plan. And as we know, plans, you know, we can rely on them. It's not like they get ripped <laughs> they up. Never away. No, of course they don't. So it's all good. Um, talking of plans, then. And by the way, yeah, Lukaku, captain, of course. Natalie's playing the wild card, right? And this is what you got from her at the moment. So, Natalie, if you don't know, is our apprentice, right? Do you want to just introduce that for those who are not aware of what we're doing? No, so if you're new to the channel, one of our new
2: subscribers, hello. Uh, at the start of the season, Mark and I took on two apprentices. Uh, one of which we decided would have full access to Twitter and stats and everything and has been fully immersed in the FPL community and world. And that's Natalie, who's wildcard team seeing are seeing on the screen. And Mark's apprentice, Henry, uh, has had nothing. So no help from us, no tools, no stats. He's purely relying on watching football matches and making opinions based on that. Neither have played FPL before, so it seems like a fair experiment uh, to do. Um, both have, done, have started the season okay. I think they're about five or six points um, oh,
1: I've, below got, us. I've got the leagues here so like um, that. yeah so Natalie is 16 behind me okay. and Been 15 fun, behind you and Henry's 5, behind us. five yeah. six behind us so not a lot
2: in it at all yeah, yeah. so not not much in it at this stage um, Natalie's wildcard uh, on the screen is Sanchez and Steele Duffy, Trent, Christensen Cancelo, Livramento Sar Gilmore, Salamount, Traore Calvert-Lewin, Ronaldo and Antonio so she was toying with the idea uh, of, of wildcarding and has pulled the trigger uh, it's kind of, I, I like it, I I think I like it. I like, you know, obviously I like Ronaldo Cavalier and Antonio up front. The midfield's interesting. I mean, Salah's there and then Mount Traore and Sar. That's quite a differential sort of midfield. You know, there's no Greenwood there, there's no Rafinha, there's no Jota, no Torres. These are all guys who I'm seeing in, in the majority of things. No Ben Rama as well. So, she's very much driven by stats. So, she, obviously she likes Tra- the look of Traore from all the underlying numbers. Mm. Um, and yeah, obviously see something with Sarr in the fixtures and stuff, uh, and then defence, spent quite a bit in defence really, Trent Cancelo and Christensen, obviously his earmark Christensen as being a bit of a, a steal at five million, uh, I like it, I think I think it's a good team, What do you reckon? No yeah, Pascal Gross though. It, no, it's, they've it's, gone,
1: enough. and Che Adams as well, but I think, yeah, Twitter's had an influence here with with the For front sure. three, right? with Calvert-Lew and Antonio around Ronaldo, I think that she's been clever with Christensen and Mount because obviously she hasn't got Lukaku but she's, She's going to go in, even if she keeps mm. Ronaldo, she's going to have some attacking asset in terms of mount from game week seven onwards, and she's got the defender. I mean, obviously the weakness is the two 4 million defenders in Duffy, Livermento, but Livermento's in, in that Southampton team to stay. I like it, and, and she can twist on Saar and Traore, I guess, with, with one 5.5 and upgrade the other to a 6.5 for transfers, if she wants to. But I think Sar and Traore are probably the strongest assets at that price. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. Pictures, yeah. uh, some degree of form. I really like it. Actually, the more I look at it, I think yeah, I think she's done a good. I like good I job. like
2: Christensen as well in a three because I think at five million, he he is he's maybe being overlooked because he is really cheap, and I mean his competition is with what Tiago Silva, but I would still expect Christians playing. He's probably not going to come on as well. So with the likes of Liveramento there, I think you've got that at least covered. I mean, a bit you know it feels a bit weird saying that about a four million defender, but. Yeah, I think he's he's got he's got enough about him I've seen attacking wise to maybe get you something if Christensen doesn't play. But I think Christensen definitely plays these harder games because
1: I think he's in the first eleven at the moment. Well, and Silva could play the Champions League, right? Yeah, His exactly. Experience there, and yeah, therefore yeah. Christensen's in. For the they have, they haven't got too many options at centre back, and they play with three of them. So yeah, and if James is going to, you know, I guess we don't know if James is going to be wing back full time, but mm. we, we'd hope yeah. that would be the case. Because I mean, that's the only reason why. I mean, James for me is could be such an outstanding asset if he stays there. Yeah, That's where I want to go. And I think he is worth 0.5 5 more than Christensen by quite a way. I mean, mm. I'd probably pay a million more. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's the only reason why I wouldn't look at Christensen because of the potential for attacking output. There the are games.
2: some rumours of a injury to Stones. Yeah, I
1: saw that in chat today as well. And Laporte at 5-5 could be yeah. a, a bit of a bargain as well. Yeah, or well, maybe that will get through on Twitter to, to Natalie and she changes that up. And then then she can go James, we'll see. Still a couple of days to go, so it is. It is interesting. This is Henry's also played his wild card, and this is what he's looking at at the moment. Forgive me for the um, different type of screenshot. He sent me this from his mobile, hot off the press. This is. I didn't know he was playing seen his this. wild card. Whoa, no, exactly. Um, and it, it is quite different. And um, look at his cheap defense. Whoa, yeah. So he has gone. I think the reason why he's got the what four four million defenders. And he's carrying Son in there as well as Salah, Ronaldo. Um, and he's got the Mount um, link as well. So they've both gone Mount, which is interesting because as a player we've touched on. He, he, there's definitely a swell of support for him, it seems. But I think he's got changes to make here. That looks like a team that would want to wild card. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. It's interesting, isn't it? And then maybe this is where the different, the golf is going to be shown in the, obviously... Natalie's him with all the tools and with Twitter. Um, whereas Henry doesn't have any of that. And maybe this is it. Like, don't forget, we're three games in now, right? So, whereas Natalie can go and look at data um, and on those three games and that inform her decisions, she's actually got something. I mean, she only, at the start of the season, she only had last season's data. Now she's week by week getting more. Mm. You know, that's going to feed her decisions more and guide her in a good way, you'd think, you'd hope, right? If there's anything in data, driving FBL decisions, you'd think that Natalie's advantage there will grow. And so, what we're seeing here from Henry is a team which has no input from data whatsoever, um, which is, I think, why he's, you know, he's not even using the fixture ticker either. So, he's not, Hmm. he's not picking stuff up on that either. And Natalie's got that advantage. So, that's, that's interesting. It seems like something like the wildcard and perhaps I imagine the chips, that is when the kind of informed FBL manager starts to have that mm. advantage.
2: The, th- the thing is, the front seven is strong, right? Like Fournals has started the season really well. If Son's fit, like you know, we know he's always capable of getting a haul. We talked about Mount. Tony, you know, has only got one goal. But it's not It's not a team that, like, I would ridicule if someone had it. But it it isn't a team that I'd wildcard into, if, if that makes sense. You know, I, I don't think if I had that team, I think I was being a bit harsh. If I had that team, maybe I wouldn't be advising the wildcard to get out of it. It, it, the trouble is it's just the flexibility, isn't it? Like when you've got Williams, Amity, Basuma, Livermento, and Eiling, it's gonna be so hard to to move away from that defence. If they, if Livermento was like a five million defender, for example, I'd I'd be a bit more like, Okay, there's you know, there's things you can do here. There's, you've obviously gone, but the fact that defense is so light worries me a bit.
1: Yeah. So just for the podcast, it's Raya, Trent, Livermento, Eiling Hornell's Salah, Mounts on Ronaldo, Antonio, Tony, and then on the bench. Sanchez, Basuma, Williams and Amati. I think the move is son out, right, to probably, you know, a a 7-5 or even below that midfielder and then put that spend in defence.
2: I'd I'd be tempted to do Sanchez to a 4 million goalkeeper, or Rea, one of them, and upgrade Isling to Semedo or Tierney. Mm. And then your your only real weakness then is you've got to play one of Liveramento or Williams every week, but then the rest of your team hopefully makes up for it.
1: Four nails wow. is an interesting pick, isn't it? That, that is purely an eye test pick because that's all that Henry's going on. Um, yeah. And the fact he's returned every week. So all he's using there is his points so far and what he's seen.
2: Well, and probably and, the fact he can't afford Ben Rama anymore because Fournells is six, is he? Yeah, yeah. Fournells is six. Yeah. So he probably wants Ben Rama, but can't afford him <laughs> because of the price rises. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, this is where I expect the two teams to go apart and for Natalie to overtake Henry, but we'll see. That's what we expect to see. Um, so, yeah, just a few things to round up on. Um, we uh, Do you want to mention the the Green Arrow charity again? Do you want to draw attention to that? Because we should bring it yep. up on screen.
2: Yeah. So Mark and I both got Red Arrows this week. So uh, yeah. we, we don't have to oh, I feel that. Honestly, it makes my Red Arrow so much worse. I told you not to do this. <laughs> you were right. Um, but, yeah, the FPL Challenge is something Mark and I are going to talk about every week. Uh, it's just every time we get a Green Arrow, uh, we're both going to donate uh, to this charity, and if you want to get involved in it, then you can. There's a link in the description. Uh, we donate five pounds each every time we we get a green arrow. Uh, you can donate as little as sixty five p every time your PL team gets a green arrow, and that money goes to feeding starving people around the world. So and, very nice. And
1: as you'll be donating twenty quid more when Ronaldo doesn't score as many points as
2: Lukaku, absolutely. And yeah, score. we could we yeah. could donate to this charity as well and, and keep that keep that going. Yeah. i here. Yeah,
1: although I don't think I'm going to be donating no, anything. I think you will.
2: Uh but yeah, share the meal.org if you're
1: listening on podcast version and you want to get involved. Um worth doing. I've also the community tournament on sort of Scout, done. Greyheads Community yes. Tournament. Let's yep. give that a plug because that's going to take off in a big way next Absolutely, week. Absolutely, isn't
2: it? it? Absolutely. So anyone not aware, uh Fancy Football Scout run these community tournaments sort of most years run by a really talented group of people who are amazing at Excel and you know, people get involved and put their teams in. There's huge squads of like actual FPL managers who get involved. Um, and i think there's over like, like what 150 managers who were like involved in this community tournament it's absolutely massive and um, behind the scenes there's like managers who are picking you know other other people to join their squads and mark and i on blackbox have got the rights to talking about the uh, the snake draft that's going to happen so some of the most sort of prominent names in the community uh, and mark and i um, are involved in this big pool of uh, what they call mvps And there's basically a draft where all the, all the people who are involved in the tournament are going to be picking two of those managers for their own squads. And that's going to, the snake draft works. The person, the people with the most points, so the manager with the most points get to pick first. So if you join us next week on the Q and a that we'll be doing, uh, you'll be able to see who gets picked first out of Mark and I, which will be interesting. Uh, And we'll be competing against the likes of Magnus Carlsen. Let's talk FPL. Uh, late riser all these guys all big names, big names
1: big names in the community and uh, it, it's going to be a bit of a grudge match addition for us isn't it we'll see whose team yep. we end up in and, and it's a knockout as well so it goes in a league format <laughs> we might so end up the lot same of team mark. we might well. do it could happen right and that would be nice wouldn't it we'll be, no, it'd be lovely wouldn't it? and just finally uh, let's mention the the FCA awards because we haven't really done a very good job plugging this it's been launched a few weeks ago and we got nominated For a couple, didn't we? You got nominated for the Best in Fantasy Football video and podcast, right?
2: We did indeed. Yep, which is great. So thanks for for nominating us, whoever did. Um, Yeah, I think we've maybe avoided uh, talking about it because we don't want to talk about it and then lose
1: <laughs> no, no we want to we want to look like we don't care like we, exactly yeah, little playing, trinkets who, does, who matters we're playing matter, it
2: nonchalantly they? yeah but exactly at the,
1: but at the same time <laughs> behind uh, the scenes we we're like we yeah, must yeah. win we, we've
2: got to plug this we've got to yeah, plug this yeah, so sure. yeah if you if you want to help us out and vote then you can just go to footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting uh, or you can just tweet saying I'm voting for at FPL Blackbox in the at the underscore FCA's for hashtag best in fantasy football. And if you like Andy's videos more than ours, uh, then you can vote for him for video and you can vote us for podcast. Yeah. So, you know, you can have the best of both worlds. Um but yeah, we really appreciate all your support as always. And this is a way, you know, you can support us. And the other way is smash and like. Absolutely. So we are at nineteen point one thousand subscribers. Uh when we get to twenty thousand and Mark's little cash register noise <laughs> comes goes off. <laughs> Uh, we will don our suits and we will be doing that that podcast in the suit I mean the great thing is Mark was so stressed before this podcast that the thought of like trying to get you into a suit as well and then we have technical issues is going to be an absolute disaster so it's worth it it's worth it just for that. It,
1: it will be, and I've got my suit ready, though. You know, so do that you? purchase. Well, yeah, you know, I, I bought one for the wedding a few weeks back, and so I've got that one. At, no, I've you got, mean
2: you bought one for Black Box? You used it at the wedding. No, don't That's... tell Pip that.
1: Um, <laughs> I haven't got a tie, though, so I've got to purchase a tie. I had to borrow a tie for the wedding. That's how bad it got. So I'm going to have to purchase a, a brand new tie. Try and get a football theme tie in time. But we've got Ooh, we've nice. got a few weeks yet. Hopefully, you know, by the next international break, we might be very close. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. We might have to do another match of the day challenge to to boost up the subs, but. We'll see. Yep. We'll see so if you're, li- if you're
2: listening on the podcast and, you know, you 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 think, what the hell are they talking about? I can't even see them. Uh, if you go onto YouTube and type in the Field Black book, we obviously do this live and you can see us. So feel free to join us if you want. But also, you know, even if you do, just come and sub to the, to the podcast. We kind of judge, we judge mostly kind of our successes on, on YouTube because that's our kind of like primary platform. So yeah, by subscribing and liking and commenting on the stuff, you push us up the algorithm, more people watch, we do more content. Everyone wins, ideally.
1: But still, vote for
2: us for best podcast
1: as well. Don't, don't and vo- and even vote. though we and, we favour videos. Let's get that clear. Um, <laughs> right, uh, I think that's it. So yes, uh, as you may have told, less preparation went into this episode than last week, um, but then an awful lot went into last week. So I think that's fair We're enough. Balanced. We balanced. We that, We yeah. will balance it out. Next week we will do a, a live Q and A after the show, um, yep. and in that we will plug the community tournament more. We'll see where we came out in that. Uh, And we will have some data on Ronaldo and we'll have an eye test on Ronaldo. So I think it's going to be an interesting show because I'm either going to look very, very silly or I'll be sitting here looking very smug. That wouldn't be the first time, would it? (laughs) What's we either? No, that's true.
2: (laughs) Mr. Minus four to take Torres out. Don't get smug now. Stop it. Stop it now. (laughs) Let's go
1: over that. It's a good night for me. Very much so. Good night. Good night, everyone.
0: Podcast Network.